Are we there yet? Not yet. We're going to get there soon, Holman? Uh, I mean, that is actually like every trip we've ever been on. <laughs> oh, who, me or you? I'm saying that? Listen, I'm, 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 the guy, I can, I'm the guy that can drive a full fuel tank before taking a leak. Uh-huh. I drive a thousand miles in a day, blissfully happy I have no passengers with me, and then you suddenly put you in the passenger seat, and it's like, hey, hey, why are we talking? Oh, if we're not, let's turn the radio to 11. Hey, ooh, 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 gotta pee, gotta pee. I don't do the gotta pee and thing, but I'm I do like, do the radio thing. I love the radio loud. I, I just, it's come along, but you just need to bring headphones. Especially if you come along in my new vehicle. I like sharing my music with you. Your new vehicle? What are you talking about? Yeah, it'll be the perfect vehicle for you to road trip with me in. I don't understand. Are you going to put me in the tent above your JL? No, that's not my new vehicle. I don't know what you're talking about. This is lightning. Uh-huh. I don't have a new vehicle. Uh-huh. Holman over here says he has a new vehicle. I don't. What? Uh, not sure on the year, mm-hmm. but the uh, 19. 19- wait, wait, stop. Not sure on the year. So what's funny is uh, the paperwork says one year, but I actually think it's a year later. Um, everybody knows that uh, I, I love Jeeps, right? No. And then other people would say I'm a Ford guy. I don't think you were a Ford guy. Now you're a Jeep slash Ram guy. I mean, that's not necessarily true. It's a little bit true. <laughs> Listen, I own a Ford. Yeah? You see it every day. Oh, yeah. What, well, if, what yeah. if I told you I found one vehicle that combines both of my passions into one? Off-roading and food. Off-roading and Ford. Oh, okay. I am acquiring a 1941 Ford GPW flat fender. No kidding. Now, you've been talking about that this is your uncle, yes. great-uncle, grandfather, uncle, great-grandfather. Uncle. Okay. It's the, uh, it's the very first Jeep I ever drove, and uh, he has it up at his ranch out in Anza, California. And uh, when I would go up there with my buddies, he would hand me the keys for the day. Anza and he, is up in the desert. Uh, northern San Diego County, inland. Okay. And uh, he would hand me the keys. He would uh, give me that as my vehicle for the day. And I would, uh, he'd be on his UTV and I'd go drive around the ranch with that awesome old Jeep. How old were you? This That's, is pre-driver's license? High school. Okay. Yeah, like, like you know, 16 or so. Actually, Anza is, uh, I said San Diego County, it's a Riverside County, but it's just on the border, not too far away. Okay. So, anyway, for people going, it's not in San Diego County. Anyway, it's inland, it's, uh, it's uh, not quite the desert, not quite the mountains, great, great little town. So he has a ranch up there, so this was his ranch vehicle. I love it because the bikini top on it is, is a, rotted. Is a piece of corrugated tin off a roof. <laughs> and it's screwed straight into the windshield frame and the roll bar. Just how you want it. And it has a uh, Buick Oddfire V6, from what I remember. And Buick Oddfire? An Oddfire. Okay. And uh, it's in a, been in a shipping container. And it's, I was told, quote unquote, it ran when I parked it. And it's been uh, held in the shipping container. It's got a, it was a Navy vehicle, I'm pretty sure. And uh, so there's a little bit of history behind it, but crazy patina and rust and different paint colors and it's all sorts of things. And it's got, you know, it was a ranch vehicle. Just Have uh, rats eaten away yes, at it? I'm sure. Oh. It's stuck in the container right now because there's a Ford 9N tractor behind it, which is also very rad. So anybody who understands Ford tractors, you're like, ooh, 9N. Uh, and it's blocked in because the 9N is is behind it. So we have to figure out how to get the 9N out so we can get the uh, the old GPW out. Can you drag it out? Yeah. Well, of course. Okay. Yeah, they'll, they'll come out. We just have to put the effort into it. I was When I was up welding uh, horseshoes, mm-hmm. uh, 
practicing, as mm-hmm. you would say. Your booger welding? My booger welding. Uh-huh. Um, my uncle said, hey, you want to go see that old that old uh, Jeep in the uh, in the container? And so, unfortunately, there's enough stuff I had to crawl over things, but on my Instagram, at Sean P. Holman, or at- Your, at, your girth allowed you to wiggle through and see it? Uh, my girth uh, posed no issue oh. on this particular adventure. Okay. And uh, if you, or at Adventure Jeep, ADV Jeep, uh, I posted some pictures of it in the container. And I haven't seen it in the light of day in probably, uh, well, let's see, I'm 43, and the last time I saw it was probably 20x plus years ago. And so I'm excited. So my uncle calls me up, and he says, hey, uh, want to take you out to lunch? And I said, yeah, let's do it. And he's a Long Beach guy like yourself. And normally go to Joe Joe's for the special, but Joe's uh, has oh, yeah. a spotty opening right now. So. Coldest uh, beer uh, ever. Yeah. I mean, on yeah, the planet. Frosty. Yep. So we went down to Legends on 2nd Street. Okay, still still strong. Uh, yep. And my uncle said, uh, what do you think if, uh, he goes, what do you want? Have, take, I want to buy lunch, anything on the menu. Thanks for calling me, by the way, and, when you're in my town. And we settled on a bucket of wings. Oh, I mean, Legends yeah. is known we for their wings. We probably downed. 50 wings <laughs> and still had 20 left. Oh, yeah. Like a bucket, liter- a literal bucket of wings. And um, we both had- When you go to Legends yeah. in Long Beach, yeah. which, of course, most of our listeners will probably not, not ever not be there. Go, but, sure. but they and, and there are places all around the country that are known for the wings. But, yeah, Legends, the wings. Solid. So while he and I were uh, mowing down the wings and eating uh, some fried pickles and washing it down with uh, giant 32-ounce uh, uh, mugs of frosty beer, mm-hmm. he said- um, I've been thinking I'm ready to get rid of my uh, my old Jeep, and I want you to have it. You know, my kids aren't really into it. Nobody wants it. Um, I know that you've got a connection to it, and if you want it, it's, it's yours. And he said, uh, when I put it in there, one of the cylinders I think is scored. It ran, but I think it's using oil and scored. He says, I will get it all up and running for you so that it, it doesn't cost you anything to get running, and then it's all yours from there, whatever you want to do with it. And uh, I went... <laughs> yeah. Right, of course. And then said thank you uh, a million times. So, And then you, you got the bill, I assume, right? Um, I did, actually. We okay. split it. We split it. Okay. Um, he told me no, he wanted to pay for it, but we split it. And um, yeah, so I'm, I'm the proud owner-ish soon of a, uh, of a flat fender. Uh, I had a 50, for those of you who have been following me for a long time, you know, I had Project Colonel Mustard with, uh, with four-wheelers. So if you search for Project Colonel Mustard, uh, you will see my 51 CJ3A. Which was yellow, black seats, pristine. The thing was awesome, and I really miss having a flat fender. Although that thing was beautiful, so I hated taking it on anything tough because I was always worried about damaging it. This one you can't Th- hurt. This one, it's all patinaed and will you down. will you leave it patinaed? Yeah, I think so. Okay. I think I want to have one vehicle that is patinaed. What happens when? Don't laugh. Yeah. Hold back your laughter. Yeah. What happens when your F one hundred is finished, and then you have your? Uh, uh-huh. This this Willys, yeah, and then you have your JL. Uh-huh. Then you've got a long termer like a Gladiator for uh-huh. four wheeler. Oh uh, yeah. Then you have your wife's new Jeep that she's just getting. Uh huh. That's like thirty five cars. So you don't have the room for that. That's not true. I've been to your house. I widen the driveway. I've got three spots in the driveway, and I have a three car garage. So the GPW goes on the single car side. The F one hundred. Goes where the JL or the JK used to be on the far side. My wife thinks she'll park in the middle, but she'll probably end up parking in the middle spot outside. And then next to that, the uh, the JL. So six spots, four of them taken. I still have room for two more vehicles <laughs> or a boat, maybe. 
You don't care about boats, though, do you? I mean, if I had one, I probably probably right. would. I, I like boats. Maybe an airplane. I would take an airplane and put it in your harder uh, to part. <laughs> I would get the I would get like a super cub that had folding wings or something. I see, like I narrow see. and that you can do like really short takeoff and landing. So like I could back it out of the driveway and take off within a hundred feet on a windy day down right. my street. So um, uh, what I am curious of is. Christian Hazel, I think we need to have him on because we keep talking about it from uh, from Four Wheeler and Peterson's Four Wheel Off Road. Uh, he's a huge flatty fanatic, and uh, he's built them. He has one, and I want to talk to him about it. And he tells me, "Just leave it stock and go enjoy it." But Except you, you've I, got, I can't leave it stock. What about their scored cylinder? Well, we're, we're going to get it. My uncle said he would get it fixed, so we'll get the engine all done. So it'll have that engine in. Or so he's got to pull the heads and then hone the cylinders. Probably, and, okay. yeah. I, 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 who knows? It's been sitting. Like we got to fire it up and find out. Do I do a Cummins R two point eight in it, or do See, I, do, or do I leave the Buick V six? Here's there? the problem. Once you go down that road of the, the Cummins R two point eight, do I build it with thirty threes? Then you start modding things and then you fix the suspension. Oh, you mean, you mean like the like the JL I have yes, now? Yes, yeah. So, but what do I what do I do? Do I just leave it stock and yes. enjoy it? Yes. Do I? Ultimately, I want to take it on some of the flat fender runs in Moab and Arizona. I would love to drive no. drive it or I guess trailer it out there and then take no. it on flat fender runs. No, well, yeah, yeah, yeah do, no, do, take it on. Absolutely. Do that, but leave it stock. Leave the Buick in there. That's not I'm stock. I'm telling you, well, I, the thing, I get that's it. not stock. But listen, it's stock to you. Mm-hmm. It's stock do, to you. Do I like blast the interior, just the inside of the tub, so the outside retains the patina, but then like paint the interior? And put nice seats in it nope. and nice gauges? Or is nope. it just a crusty, rusty, nasty, nope. just- I got d- it. Linex the interior. Well, I mean, I could do that, but but you can't go backwards from that. It so, could be chipped off. Uh, I mean, <laughs> yeah, with a, with an angle iron or yeah. angle grinder. Um, but I want to drive it down PCH because I live at the beach. So it's convertible. So, so I still want to be able to do that. So you can. But it, it's, you know, it's like a, the ranch. I already, ranch dude, hand. I already, I see, I already, I yeah, hear it. I, I hear the mods coming. Don't do it. Refrain. The uh, What if I did fuel injected but kept the, oh the V6? Oh, my God. Seriously. No, just no. so my garage doesn't no. smell like fumes so and my what? wife's no. doing laundry. No, no, no. You want that. You want that? You want the hydrocarbons? In yes, there on hot you've day? often talked about the fact that yeah, you my daughter that. loves that. Yeah, right. Yeah, the cool thing is it's a Ford. It's not a Willys or a Willis, depending on how you uh, the proper pronunciation. But everybody says Willys. So what happened was Willys won the contract, and then for for the vehicle after the competition between Willys Overland, Ford, and uh, I can't remember who else. And so they won the contract, and then Ford was pissed that they didn't get it, and then the Willys didn't have enough uh, capacity, so they made Ford basically build the same thing. So Ford basically said, well, F you, because we don't want your crappy vehicles and your warranty stuff. So they built their own, basically identical to the Willys, or Willis, flat fender design, except the bolts had little Ford F heads on them. They had little script mm. Fs. Uh, it would be awesome and, if they had FUs. And under, well, there was a little <laughs> bit of that. And then under the, the uh, I believe the passenger seat, there's a script of Ford that was stamped in the metal because Ford was like, no, no, no. We're, we're going to talk about ours. You talk about yours. And so I think Willie sued that. There's like a whole story, but it's this interesting little thing where Ford and the Jeep world collided. We need to get a historian on the show to talk about that uh, clash. Well, I'm sure we can get uh, Rick Payway or we can get Christian on here. I think that would, either one would be great. So anyway, um, in the coming months, we are going to pull that thing out of a container. Uh, and one last question for our audience, truckshowpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, anybody who knows the California DMV, is it better 
for your uncle to gift it to you at $0 or for it to do a bill of sale for like $1? Like what's the easiest way to transfer title in that situation? I don't know. I don't even know if I uncle to nephew know. is even considered family transferable for a gift with California because I think it might just be direct uh, relatives, like mom, dad, grandpa, that kind of thing. If only we knew someone at the DMV. Well, I did ask you, in all <laughs> fairness. I did reach out and say, could you ask your DMV contact y- you for me? You did, and I don't think my girl would know. I, I don't- uh, But you didn't try. No, I didn't try. Of course. I just assumed she wouldn't know. Which is why I'm going to ask our audience right now. Truckshowpodcast so at gmail.com because lightning couldn't get the answer. Right. Okay. Okay, that's fair. All right, well, listen, if you want a vehicle that runs great, top-notch, new, and didn't come out of a container, built right here in the U.S. of A. in Canton, Mississippi, uh-huh. you got to hit up our friends at Nissan. They've got the Titan, the Titan XD, the Frontier. Dude, Holman, did you know that the Titan starts at only 36650 I did know that. You did? I did. Oh, okay. But you should tell our uh, listeners that. The t- I just did. Oh, okay. The well, industry's best warranty, five-year, 100,000 miles. Most if standard looking- V8 horsepower in its class. That's true. If you're looking for a full-size or mid-size truck, you can build and price them all at NissanUSA.com. Or if you want to check them out in person and listen to that Fender audio system or sit in those uh, amazingly awesome zero-gravity seats, then you'll want to go down to your local Nissan dealer. And when you decide that you need to organize all the stuff in the bed of your brand new Nissan you or mean any all other those truck, tools that did come out of a container, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, no, like you, you just raided the Milwaukee store. That's true. So you need some organization. I, uh, I bought some more stuff this past week. Did you really? Well, I need some batteries and I oh need, my, I need God. a vacuum cleaner. <laughs> You got to hit up our uh, our friends at Decked. So they've got the twin sliding drawer system. They've got the toolbox. And inside of both drawers, you can add stuff like the D box, the cross box, uh, the drawer organizer, drawer locks. You can. They've even got the D bag tracks. Yeah, you can. Well, the D bag is more for your back. It's like a it's it's like a backpack. It's like a deck system for your back. Exactly. Do you know that you've got the the spring loaded like load locks for the core tracks? Of course I do. Well, that's how you stay organized. You hit our friends at decked.com. Well, you shouldn't hit them. You should just give them money and they send you a product out. You know what I'm saying. It's like you hit the button. Well, you hit them up. You hit them up. And you say, Truck Show Podcast sent me. I mean, it's the uh, same way if you need parts. Head on over to DuraLastParts.com. Hey, Lightning, did you know that DuraLast covers over 20 part categories and has an average of 98% coverage of vehicles on the road today? (laughs) No, I didn't. You didn't even let me finish. (laughs) I just tried to get my no in. (laughs) Ask it again. Ask it again. Hey, Lightning, did you know that... Uh, no. no, you didn't know that. Uh, did you also know that... No. Okay. How about uh, did... Uh, no. Hmm. Uh, Durlast. Oh, no. Parts.com. <laughs> I didn't know. It's yes. No, but well, I didn't know. Of course know. it's yes. Oh. It's always yes. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Durlastparts.com has uh, over 20 plus part categories and covers... 98% of vehicles on the road today. In fact, like it's a lot of vehicles. It's a lot of vehicles. You can even go down and uh, get yourself a new set of shocks, either uh, twin tubes or upgrade to monotubes, and you can take a rusty old crust bucket like uh, your pile <laughs> and make it ride <laughs> smooth as new again. I appreciate your honesty. All you need to do is head on over to DuraLastParts.com or your local AutoZone. The Truck Show. We're going to show you what we know. What the truck Cause truck rides with The truck show We have the lifted We have the lowered And everything in between We'll talk about trucks that run on diesel And the ones that run on gasoline The 
This is all new to us. And 167 will be new, and 168 will be new. Do you think 200 will feel any different? Mm, It's going to feel like an old pair of underwear that just, uh, you know. Comfortable. Comfortable, Slide right in, and it's it's all shapely and stretched in the right places. We should have gone through, like, the full wash cycle, but we didn't. We did that that short, like, 17-minute. Yeah, the 17-minute wash instead of, like, the 40-minute wash. And then you air dry them so they're stiff? Yeah, they do feel a little starchy. Hey, have you uh, looked for a new pair lately where you get all that, uh, there's, like, Technology now in underwear. I don't bother with any like of that. Techno fabrics. I've or... had the same Calvin Klein underwear That's forever. TMI. So speaking of technology, did you know that uh, we actually have the ability to fire up the Truck Show podcast satellite feed? All right, Holman. I am uh, firing up our satellite, and it is uh, we're on the Jupiter switch system. Okay. All right. All right. Do you activating. have the coordinates? Uh, I'm just punching them in now. This is the first time the Truck Show podcast is going to combine guests from around the globe. All right. Dialing up now. It's starting to hurt my ears. All right. Let's get into the guests. (laughs) Yeah, I can hear you. Hey! Holman, this is incredible. We're actually using technology to bridge together one, two, three... Ford employees for what could be the biggest podcast interview that has ever happened of the truck show. Well, certainly the uh, the most amount of people we've ever had. Typically, uh, my $12 Amazon cable into my iPhone serves us well, <laughs> but uh, we're literally talking to Ford employees all over the world. Uh, some of them are in the future, as it turns out, and uh, and so we had to come up with new technology to put everybody on the show, so... I, we well, I feel like we're students now. Like We're like our kids who are having to do Zoom meetings every day. <laughs> this is a Zoom meeting. So on the Zoom, we've got Chad Callender, we've got Chris Dean, and Tristan Hickman. Welcome, everyone. Welcome, guys. Thanks for having us. Yeah, it's our pleasure. So we are global. Is that correct? We've got someone from Australia. Is that true? Two people, I think, yep. right? Couple yep. of us. All right. So uh, I was telling this story before we hit record. And uh, and my cousin's wife worked for LinkedIn and got a three year assignment in Australia to help up uh, help set up you know LinkedIn in Australia. So whenever I talked to them, I'd have to do math in my head, which you know I hate math, and try and figure out what time it was there. And so, if I'm correct, you guys are living in the future right now. Just after two o'clock in the afternoon tomorrow, on, on Wednesday. Yeah. <laughs> uh, are there any Ranger Raptor announcements coming tomorrow? <laughs> there, there are no uh, announcements coming tomorrow. Well, I figured if we have uh, access to the future, you know, we have to a- actually try, right? No, you asked for lottery numbers, you idiot. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, Chad Callender, Ranger Marketing Manager, making his second appearance on the Truck Show podcast, along with uh, Chris Dean, Vehicle Dynamics Engineer, and Tristan Hickman, Vehicle Integration Engineer. And, guys, uh, we just had a. a here in the States, the Ranger Tremor, which is your competitor to the Chevy Colorado ZR2, the Toyota Tacoma TRD Pro, uh, has just been released, and I had a chance to get behind the wheel a couple weeks ago. 
and thought this would be a great time to bring in the Ranger team and and find out about the truck and maybe talk through uh, some of our own drive experiences. Yeah, no, awesome. Like, like I said, thanks for having us on. Uh, I know this is the second time I've been on, so it's good to talk to you guys again. Uh, I did see your video that you posted uh, driving it out there uh, last week. It looks like you were having a lot of fun. <laughs> uh, so I'm, I'm curious as to what your uh, overall thoughts were uh, around uh, the, the, the new Tremor that we just launched. Yeah, I mean, as you guys know, the midsize market is blowing up right now, especially in terms of uh, competitors starting to turn over. We've got Nissan Frontier coming out. Toyota Tacoma is the next generation's coming out. You've got the ZR2, which has been around for a little while. And you guys have had the the Ranger FX4, and the Tremor package really kind of elevates it to the next level to kind of play with the the top tier of the midsize market. So I was really excited to get behind the wheel. I think it's a a really one of the most exciting um, places in the truck market because when you're when you get up into let's say Raptor TRX territory, there's only a couple players. When you're down in the midsize territory, everybody's playing, but everybody has a different solution. So it's interesting to see what Ford came up with. Um, as you can tell by my video, Chad, um, I just did a little dash cam driving with Sean video, and I mean I was in a desert wash hitting 45, 50 miles an hour while the phone was recording and really you know playing with all the different levels of uh, traction control and ESP sensitivity, playing with your drive modes. Um, and what I was amazed with holistically as a package, I was really impressed with the Tremor. It's got a, about a quarter inch more f- uh, front wheel travel, uh, a little over six inches. I think it's six and a half. Could you feel it? Well, and that, that's what I was going to get to. On the rear, 1.2 inches of more uh, of additional travel over the FX4 package, and they took out the uh, the single stage parabolic leaf, went to a multi leaf, and then it's got different geometry in the front and new Fox shocks. What I was blown away with is when you see six and a half inches of travel in the front, you think, man, I'm going to be on the jounces all the time. And one of the things Ford did is they really worked on jounce control, and at the limits of those shocks, it's it's so well controlled that it feels like it's more like eight or eight and a half inches. And you're not blowing through the, the, the stops on the front. And the suspension actually feels really even front to rear where, you know, going over undulations and in a wash and, and coming up and out of things. And, you know, uh, for us who drive in the desert, if you're coming sideways and hit a berm, it was able to soak all of that up. And Chad, let's talk about it. The, uh, the, the Ranger's already a super stiff platform to begin with, fully boxed frame. It really gave you guys from an engineering standpoint, a great foundation to build this model on. Yeah, it, you know, you're, you're, you're hitting the nail on the head. We had, uh, you know, the 4x4, the base Ranger is a very competent off-road vehicle. And we also, on top of just our base 4x4, you know, have an off-road package in the FX4. But this, this Tremor package really just took it up a notch. And the words you're using is, is really what we set out to do, really, to have a more controlled uh, more comfortable, more competent ride off-road. And we really, uh, and I know I'll let Chris and Tristan go into a little bit more detail, but, you know, we really worked the suspension uh, pretty significantly, not just the Fox 2.0 uh, monotubes with the piggyback reservoirs in the rear, which is which is a big part of it, but also just working all the major suspension components and really focusing on improving joust travel. You know that that what you said that compression, avoiding that that, that sort of hit against the bump stops, um, and 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 it 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 is a pretty significant and noticeable improvement, not just in the ability to control, but also the the, the expanded uh, joust travel availability now available. Yeah, uh, Sean. First of all, it just uh, makes me really happy. Hearing that you're using the vehicle straight up uh, the way it was kind of intended, 
and the way we did what we developed it for. I think one of the real key guiding principles of this project was that it's strongly engineered for utility and for capability rather than things like appearance. So we looked around at some of the other options that might exist in the aftermarket space and a lot of them around uh, trimming the appearance of the truck to make it look more level and things like that, whereas this engineering thrust was really around increasing the capability of the vehicle, making the customer, customer capable of going to more aggressive environments in confidence. And that's like that's great to hear that you're using it that way and interpreting it that way. Yeah, I, I was really impressed with just overall, I, I think for me it was the the stiffness of the chassis where I could really feel like the suspension was working. But even at, you know, 45, 50 miles an hour, which is a lot of speed, you know, I, I'd say, you know, it's 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 compliant and soft enough off-road where 35, 40, maybe even 45 miles an hour, depending on the road, uh, even with, you know, undulations and G-outs and things is no problem for the truck. Uh, around 50... 50 plus, I think I probably got up to about 58 or 60 in the particular section I was in. Uh, with the right driver and being really careful of where you're placing the truck, you were able to really, at the limit, have a lot of fun without the truck biting you. And one of the things I really appreciated, um, you know, I typically I like to be in two-wheel drive, but I actually found out that the sand mode on the uh, terrain system with traction control off in four high was the most fun. <laughs> And it, it backed the nannies off enough where it only came in at the at the very edge. And what I was impressed in, what I was impressed most with was with the 2.3 liter, so uh, 270 horse, 310 pound feet of torque. We know that engine very well here in the states. Really well matched in in the marketplace for Ranger. I was actually in four wheel drive, able to do power slides and drifts through the washes and opposite lock and and all that kind of stuff. And the truck never wanted to bite me. It was it was almost it. I don't. It was playful like a puppy dog. I mean, I really mean that. Yeah. I know it's kind of a funny thing to say, and a lot of these trucks are a little more. Well, you've hard. had trucks that have bitten you before. Everybody has. I mean, if you're out playing in the desert, yeah, you're definitely going to have things. And listen, I love the Raptor. I'm a I'm a huge Raptor fan. I've been a Raptor fan, but especially with the current truck with the three five, with all the nannies turned off, you have to be really careful at the limit because that truck can bite you if the turbos come on at the wrong time, um, or you hit the wrong t- type of terrain. Like it's a driver's vehicle, and I really felt that you didn't lose that driver's vehicle sense in the tremor, but you also didn't have that really hard edge where if you crossed it, you would get into trouble. The, the truck safely would pull you back and it wasn't super intrusive like some of the other products on the market. Yeah. Like that, and that was, from at least from my perspective with the suspension chain, that was very deliberate. A couple of things that you mentioned there, the balance of the vehicle was targeted very aggressively to make sure that those couple of those points I mentioned before, that the confidence of the, the driver is maintained as you push the speed up in less predictable terrain and, um, and really to give it a soft limit is the last thing you want. I mean, no off-road surfaces are the same, so you really need in that environment to deliver on confidence and, and control. You needed to have a soft limit where it starts to give you some signs that aren't you know, destructive to human or vehicle um, so that you know that you're getting towards the limit and you can either sit there or push on a little bit, but you're not going to suddenly encounter um, you know, sudden loss of traction and stability. I'm curious, uh, Chris, about unsprung weight. You, you brought up uh, knuckles. How do you balance strength versus weight versus cost? Because the sky's the limit, really. I mean, you you can you've got to balance all these things when you're designing the suspension system. Is that a, a yeah. just a pain in the ass? 
that's well that's really the and that's the role of the no it's very soft and compliant so there was absolutely no, <laughs> no pain, pain in my ass, ass. <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah just strike, striking that balance is um is really that's the magic of the whole process right and you talked about unsprung mass to be honest on a program like this you're having to trade off unsprung mass with the fact that you need a capable off-road tire and one of the decisions that we made on this project was to go with a proper you know durable and capable off-road tire there are some trade-offs to that it's not quite as supple feeling on road um, and it and it has got a bit more unsprung mass associated with it but ultimately uh, we took that on as tasks for the development team to develop the vehicle around the fact we're going to put a proper tire on it and and just went from there I'd, I'd like to uh, disagree with you a little bit, and that was my experience. You guys use a, a general grabber um, all-terrain tire, which is phenomenally quiet on the road, and for somebody who's used to you know, driving all-terrains and mud-terrains, handling was really good. Of course, if you go from a street tire, you know, you're know you going to have a little bit of what some people might consider a drawback. I don't. Um, I actually thought with the change in sway bar rate to allow for that extra comfort and compliance off highway, I actually thought the Ranger was fairly soft on road. In fact, you know, for me, like the ZR2 feels a little bit more taut on highway. It's a little bit stiffer, um, not uncomfortably so, but it's just different. Whereas the Ranger really kind of feels like a marshmallow. Like you could put the Ranger on cruise control, and, and mine had adaptive cruise control, which is awesome. I love adaptive cruise control, especially in this segment. Uh, and you could eat up five, six, seven hundred miles in a day, no problem. I actually was really impressed with how comfortable and compliant the on-road ride is. It's almost a little bit too soft for my liking. Just from like if I was going to do a curvy mountain road, I'd like it to be a little bit stiffer. But I'm willing to take that trade-off because it was so good on the in the dirt. But are you are you referring to the sway? Are you referring to the the response to the dampers? What do you mean? I mean it's it's overall right. It's a holistic feeling of the entire vehicle where. Um, it was it was soft and there was no harshness. You know, sometimes if you hit, let's say, a, a truck rut or a tar strip or concrete meeting asphalt on the highway or surface changes, those harmonics or that frequency change can upset the chassis or send some sort of a harsh load through where it's like, when you hit it. The Ranger was really well isolated from all of that. And again, to me, on highway, despite how capable it is off-road, I really felt like I could put cruise control at 78 and motor all day long, and it wouldn't be an uncomfortable experience where you're like, man, I know it's good off on you know off road, but I hate it on the highway. It wasn't like that at all. It was very, very comfortable and very, very, uh, very, very supple on the highway. Yeah, that's, that's well, really great to hear. Yeah, I was going to add to that, Sean. That you know that was again very intentional, and I think this is probably a little bit of a strategic difference that you know we you know decision that we made at Ford perhaps little different than what some of our other competitors are doing in the segment. We wanted to make sure that, you know, it's a truck and it's got to do truck things. It's not just the weekend warrior adventure, have fun off-road truck. It's got, that's what certainly what we set out to, to, to accomplish, but we also needed to do basic trunk functionality. We needed, we needed to perform on road. Those tires were chosen intentionally uh, you know, those, the, you know, the calibration of the suspension system was very deliberate to make sure that it was confident, not only off-road, but on-road. Um, and, and in fact, even beyond just the driving dynamics and, and handling, um, even some of the capability numbers, like the towing and the payload, we didn't want to sacrifice there. Uh, and you'll notice that those numbers are consistent with what they are in the base vehicle of the truck. So 7,500 pounds of towing, 1,430 pounds of payload, and that strong on-road presence uh, was something we, we did not want to compromise on. 
Yeah, I think that's a really important point is that you don't lose any towing capacity. For example, a ZR2 is 5,000 pounds of towing versus 7,500 in the Ranger. That's a huge difference. huge difference. Uh, And the fact that you're at 1,430 pounds, uh, whereas I believe in the Tacoma TRD Pro, it's somewhere around 12 or 1250, something like that, 1290. 1155, if I'm not mistaken. 1155. Right. Thank you very much. This is still the question, but how much is in the tires? It's, It's the entire package that determines the tow? Well, it's everything. Rating, I mean, it's everything from thermal management to tire load rating to um, you know curb weight to the tuning of the engine. I mean, it's all those things. If you look at a Toyota, for example, a TRD Pro, we've talked about on the show lots of t- you know a lot of times. It's still a C channel frame in the back with rivets, whereas you have a fully boxed frame with the Ranger, and that extra strength and that extra chassis rigidity is instantly felt in everything you touch, whether it's the steering responsiveness, whether it's the brake pedal and how the brakes feel. You don't have those extra secondary vibrations coming through or there's body-on-frame jiggles or you look in your rearview mirror off-road and the bed is is jiggling behind you. Right. The, the Ranger is a very stiff platform, and that's apparent from you know foot one off-road. It's, it's incredible. Yeah. And that goes even beyond the Tremor package, right? The base, the base Ranger with its fully boxed... Um, you know, frame. Yeah, it's a solid foundation to it. And then adding all the tremor components on top of it really, really helped boost it. Well, and with this, uh, I'm guessing I'd like to dive into the suspension a little bit more into exactly what was done. And I really want to find out some of the technology used. We talked about the Fox 2.0 shocks. Before they get specific, real quick, I want to find out how much is you... And how much, how much is Ford and how much is Fox? In terms of suspension tuning. Yeah. So I can probably answer that one. So Fox is the supplier for the damper in this case. So we developed uh, with Fox Factory any of the changes we needed to make as we went through development and found things that we needed to add or improve about the base offering that they had. Uh, we worked uh, you know, with the Fox engineers to develop that at the component level. But all of the, um, the tuning and the reason why we're directing them in that way is coming out of the vehicle development work, which is what our team was leading. What, what's the technology inside the shocks? Because I know you guys are, are really controlling the uh, the damper at the limit. These are really cool because they're monotubed, piggyback in the rear, but they're aluminum bodied. So it's really a lot of Fox's, um, you know, a lot of the technology you see in the aftermarket. And these are not the internal bypass. This is their regular uh, monotube piston, a standard piston damper. And they right. work really, really well. So I'd love to find out what some of that technology that allows these shocks when, you know, obviously it's A-arms in the front. So 6.5 inches of travel at the wheel is not the shaft travel of the shock. So you have a damper that is that is controlling an incredible amount of force within a really short stroke and able to do it effectively in a way that allows for ride comfort and performance off-road. And I just want to know some of the, the, the behind-the-scenes and technology that's in the damper to, to make that magic ha- uh, happen. Yeah, okay. I can go through that. I mean, I don't know how much detail you want. As, uh, as, much, you, yeah. as much as you can give yeah, us. Our guys love the deep dives. They love the tech, so don't be afraid to, uh, to, to go deep with us. Well, starting from the beginning, uh, a very small team of us put together an initial dynamics prototype to basically prove out the concept that I had for the, um, the direction we were taking the suspension develop initially. That was essentially just a hand-modified selection of parts based on you know, calculations and scribbles that uh, we figured would work directionally that we wanted to put together as an initial prove out of the concept. Uh, we started with a, just a basic Fox 2-inch uh, monotube uh, and really everything we did from that point was a result of what we were finding in the vehicle 
And I guess my basic strategy there is we were taking the vehicle outside of the range of what we would normally expect the customer to, to use it to and looking at what problems poked out of that, of that mess and then basically fixing that problem, going back to the start, and then you, know, you might have an incremental increase in capability and then what falls over next. And taking this process, we, we actually changed the, the shock absorber, the dampers on the, on the product quite a bit. So I can go through some of the specifics of the damper that we did add or we were critical of. First of all, I mean, the, the, it's a quite a difficult straddle to make to try and deliver what you were describing, which is a compliant, comfortable, livable daily driver um, with off-road performance simply because of the fact that um, you, at on-road input amplitudes, you don't need a great deal of damping control. And if you add too much, the vehicle just feels pinned and quite harsh. Off-road, you need a staggering amount more damping. Uh, so the, the trick there is to try and sneak it in in ways that don't compromise on-road ride in a nutshell. Uh, so one of the first things that was added in from the basic damper was a hydraulic rebound stop. So this is basically another damping valve that engages um, fairly deep into rebound travel. So if you're getting the vehicle really moving through, say, uh, undulating terrain, it, it adds to the peak levels of rebound damping produced by the damper. It's similar um, to, if I'm not mistaken, like a um, an internal uh, hydraulic bump stop in a sense. But exactly, instead of having yeah. the packaging that has to, obviously on a midsize A-arm truck, you're already going to be limited to packaging space of where you would put an external uh, hydraulic jounce, and you guys are able to put it inside the uh, the damper itself, which may limit overall um, wheel travel because you have to take up a certain amount of space with that. But the ride uh, quality improvement makes it more than worth it because you have so much more control at the limits. Exactly. So it means you can be more more targeted with where you're increasing damping control, which is really critical to juggling those two functions. So that's uh, probably the next thing that we focused on was the rear damper. Just we couldn't get enough damping out of it. Um, at the speeds that we needed it to operate at. The installation ratio is pretty close to one on the rear of this truck. So that's uh, seeing very high damper speeds up, I don't know the inch conversion, but up to about four meters per second off-road. Um, so delivering high damping forces at those speeds was a bit beyond what we started with. Uh, we looked at a few different ways to address that. One of them could have been damper sizing, but uh, you get straight into a trade-off with friction. Um, and Also, again, uh, when you get into a bigger uh, piston, you add spring rate that you might not want in the rear suspension because you're already going to a multi-rate leaf spring. And uh, yeah. I, I want to I tell you, one of the things I was really impressed with, Chris, was the fact that the midsize truck market, almost every truck in it suffers from the exact same problem. And that's not enough rear rebound control where you have the axle slapping the jounces and upsetting the chassis from the rear. And I was in, and, and a lot of them are tuned, I guess, to be empty and they mellow out with some weight when you lose some ride height in the back. What I have to tell you is I was incredibly impressed with the Ranger Tremor and just how much rebound control was uh, available without any weight in the bed. And I think that's a huge kudos to you guys for, for being able no, to do no, that. No, wait a minute. We like when the bed comes over <laughs> our backs, right, and starts lifting, porpoising it, it, up, right? In a competitor's truck over the whoops, I have literally that's... had the rear axle <laughs> four feet off the ground where I was only on the front wheel staring at the <laughs> next whoop. It's so scary. At, at speed slower really than I took, took the tremor through. True story. Yeah. We had to do a bit of a tear up on the rear damper to achieve that. There's there's another tangent to this that probably feeds into it. We're also trying to manage the fact that we're maintaining 
the same maximum load rating of the, the base vehicle where we're basing it on. Uh, the payload reduction is just a function of the fact that the vehicle mass has gone up. So essentially the fully laden vehicle has to be rated to the same mass was, was the goal. So we were really critical of anything that was going to erode the amount of rear axle uh, suspension travel we had. And that combined with the need for more, the more damping that we could generate out of a, a regular inline damper led us in the direction of a piggyback. As much because we can run a base valve in there and you can generate, because of the, the ability to balance out the pressures inside the, the damper between the two valves, you're able to massively increase the, the peak damping capable capability of the, of the damper that way without jumping up to a bigger bore diameter or bigger piston diameter. So that was a fairly significant change for the um, the rear damper. And I would imagine with the piggyback having extra oil volume, uh, with the damper working that hard on the solid axle with nearly you know one to one ratio, is also going to help you control that you know thermal management of the dampers in the rear. Right. Yeah, I describe that change as that effect as a bit incremental, but certainly the highest. Um, I mentioned balance before, uh, having balance in the the temperature rise. And some of these these environments between the front and rear is pretty critical to delivering um, grip and stability that stays balanced as you increase the speed and the and the temperature of the the oil goes up. So it certainly helps. So you guys could have just said, "Hey, uh, we want a sticker and badge package. We're going to just do some styling elements. We'll put a thirty two on it. Give it a a, a slight <clears throat> increase in uh, in coil height in the front, so we make room for our thirty twos." And we're going to just put a shock on it uh, that's incrementally better, and we're going to call it the Tremor. But that's not what you did. The front end actually has some pretty significant differences in geometry, especially in regards to the knuckle, uh, and as well as ride height. Can you walk us through the, uh, those decisions and what you did there? Yeah, so uh, from a dynamics perspective, we didn't have a lot of input or direction needed. The base truck, from a steering perspective, is very solid. Um, so we were basically just looking at in terms of the, the setup of the vehicle at the lifted height that we went to, just basically maintaining the as close as we could to the original um, kinematics of the base vehicle. That's probably as deep as I need to go into that. It wasn't, it wasn't a huge area of development focus. So what he's saying is it was great as it was. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Right? It's one of those situations where we're just trying to, trying to do, not to, not to erode what we already had in that particular area. Damn it, be proud of the Tremor. Right? You, don't, you don't have to apologize for the base. We know the base truck's good, but damn, that, tram, that Tremor was awesome. So it's, yeah. it's all good. We're all friends here. We're all friends here. Um, I, I, I would like to maybe turn to uh, some of the other things that the Ranger offers. One of them, for me, is a big thing, and that's the Any Speed Rear Locker that allows you to turn the locker on in any mode, too high, four high, four low, that's huge in in the segment and really giving that control back to the driver. And it, this was really pioneered on the uh, original uh, Raptor. Uh, and you can't use the in the current Raptor. You can't use uh, the locker in two because of how much power the V6 puts out. So you kind of lost that. So there's uh, that capability that I missed from the current Raptor truck that you guys actually have in the Ranger Tremor. And I think that's really special for somebody who's getting into this truck who has that ability to hand that control back to the driver and let them decide when they want to use it. The e-locker is a pretty versatile capability for the vehicle, right? The, the fact that we do have it on two, four high and four low um, is important to us. We There's a lot of need for, for an e-locker, not just in, in 
in a four low type scenario. Um, you know, it, just simple examples, even outside of off-roading, like, uh, you know, on a boat dock. Boat ramp, yeah. Um, yeah, or, or, you know, in some, you know, having some, uh, you know, slippery conditions um, where you're maybe towing and in a two-wheel drive vehicle might might be more uh, well-suited. I prefer to see the boat pull the truck into the bay down the <laughs> boat ramp. That's always so. If I can see that on video... That's, that's yeah, but it. you're just living for the clicks. So. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Clickbaiting us here. <laughs> that's an important consideration. And that's one of the reasons even the ba- outside of, of Tremor, you know, the, the base Ranger truck, uh, we offer that e-locker as a freestanding option across the whole lineup. Uh, just knowing that there's customers who want it in different scenarios. Uh, and then obviously it's included in, in, the, in the Tremor package. Now, Tremor also includes your terrain management system with four drive modes. We talked about that a little bit. I love the sand mode. It was it just allowed the truck to be super playful. You've got trail yep. control, which is your version of a uh, like a cruise control for crawling, where you can set the speed, not worry about the pedals, and then just drive and steer. You've got the off-road digital cluster screen that's been added to Tremor. Uh, and you also have the six-switch auxiliary power uh, Switch is available uh, right on the top of the dash for anybody who wants to wire in their, uh, you know, lighting or a fridge or a radio, a winch, whatever it is. That makes it super simple to uh, wire up your accessories without um, tapping into the vehicle uh, electrical architecture and possibly tapping the wrong wire. Which is so think. handy. I mean, yes, there are <laughs> there are aftermarket companies that we're friends with, some of them that yeah. that offer those. But it's so much nicer having it integrated. A for appearance purposes, and B, you just know you're not going to burn up half your dash when you wire the Bosch 30 amp relay wrong, <laughs> or, or the you know? entire and the or the entire truck, right? You know, it, that's exactly right. It it really just creates kind of a springboard, you know, a, a turnkey um, solution. You don't have to go run the wires. You don't have, you know, you've got everything in your engine bay. You just plug into, and whether it's a, you know, off road lighting, a compressor, or refrigeration, you, you name it. It's plug and play and ready for off-road. And when you combine that with that payload uh, capability that's on this truck, it just it really becomes a really um, compatible or uh, overlanding type vehicle, right? You can just start building on top of it that all these uh, tools and extras you want with the extra weight. Well, and the well I was going to say it's actually a great foundation for overlanding because before when I had my overlanding TRD Pro, I couldn't take lightning along with me um, because How we were you? over the gross How vehicle weight rating. dare but, you? <laughs> but in a tremor, there's enough payload capacity. We can both go, which is great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, so let's talk about uh, the other things that the package offers. Uh, on the outside, of course, we talked about the 32-inch tires, the uh, General Grabber ATX uh, all-terrains. Uh, can we stop at the General Grabbers for a second? Sure. Okay. I wanted to find out, how often does a tire company court you as Ford and say, we have the perfect tire for you? And you're like, no, because you're going to do your own research, I would assume, and you know what's best for the truck. But at the same time, you've got partners that are coming to you pitching their wares. What can you? I know you can't tell me exactly how that goes down, but I'm just curious. Uh, uh, no, he can tell you. Nobody's listening. <laughs> I mean, our I, audience is very small. Nobody I'm, will I'm hear just this. Dying to know what it's like inside Ford because you're being pitched. If I'm at. I don't want to name the companies, but if I'm any one of a half a dozen companies, I'm like, please put our tires on this new build. Yeah, I, I don't know if I can speak to how the pitching goes. I'm not in those discussions. Okay, uh, but but I can tell you the in in, in Tristan and, Tristan and Chris can can jump in. Uh, you know, this tire. I mean, it was chosen because it's a very competent off road tire, and it has a lot of on road 
properties that, you know, I think you mentioned earlier, Sean, you know, it's not loud. You're not hearing it. Uh, you know, it's, it's big, aggressive and knobby and it looks cool and it's got great traction, uh, but it doesn't sacrifice a lot. So in terms of, you know, manufacturer A versus manufacturer B, I, I'm, I'm not sure I've got a lot of um, insight into that. Uh, I just know that part of that tire selection was making sure that its attributes were going to meet our overall objectives around off-road and on-road uh, performance. Well, it seems like you guys uh, hit the nail on the head with the uh, with the grabbers. I mean, they were, uh, you know, fantastic during my test. No punctures. I was over, you know, again, a desert wash, lots of hidden rocks and things and uh, mesquite bushes and, you know, all the things that, you know, you don't want to run over with your tires. And, and I ran them at street pressure uh, because I like to – I know it's going to get better when it's at, you know, when it's aired down. And most people are going to air down when they're wheeling. I like to test the vehicle when they're at street pressure because it really shows how good the tune is and it really shows – you know some of the warts if if they're if things are being disguised by low tire well, pressure. Well, that and your average person, my guess, like me, I'm not going to. I'm not a seasoned off roader, so I'm. Nor do you have an air compressor. So, well, that's true. <laughs> I actually, well, no, I do, I do. Uh, but you can hook it up with that aux switch now. That's right. right. See? Yeah. Hey. Thank yeah. you. Good night. <laughs> but what I no, what I'm thinking is that um, the average person is n- not thinking I'm going to pull over and, and air down for this section. Or they're you just know, I mean, going. Even when we do four wheeler of the year in our in our uh, testing for the magazine or online, people often ask us, "Well, why do you run it at street pressure?" Well, that's why. Because there's a lot of flaws that can be hidden when you air down, and we want to see how the vehicle is dynamically in in the condition that it came at the manufacturer's recommended level. So, well, I want to hear. From, I want to hear from Chris. Uh, how do you test? I mean, you testing when you're going through a whoop session or uh, section or or sand? Are you airing down or are you doing it like Holman at street pressure? Yeah, typically what we would run uh, during development is exactly what we're um, telling the customer to run at. That's probably the simplest answer to that question. Okay. So just just like you, I mean, my interpretation is that customers will use the the product as as directed in terms of tire pressures. Fair I, enough. I think that's fair. Yeah. So uh, thirty two inch tires, exposed bash plate and underbody skid plates. Also has uh, they're like a a a bar with steps that uh, if you don't like it, easily remove. But uh, hoop steps on it. Uh, two rear recovery hooks in addition to uh, the trailer uh, hitch, which you can also use as a recovery point. So those are all on the outside. On the inside, I mean, you want people to know. You, I mean, you want to – here's one of my things I don't like about the ZR2. You get in the ZR2, and it doesn't feel special. It's the exact same interior except for on the headrest uh, where it says ZR2. The The gauges are are the same. The dash is the same. The same boring, you know, economy car-like routes. It's just not – Exciting, oh, but are you saying you want to get in and have a starry headliner no, with the uh, not, fiber optic? Not quite. That's a different direction. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, but when I got in the tremor, I was really impressed because you guys changed a lot of the materials around. There's some splashes of color. There's um, black and tear accent. Of course, you guys have the all-weather mats. But the seats, the seats are gorgeous. You guys have these. Uh, I guess it's a Miko suede insert with the Stitch Tremor logo, but they don't look like anything else. Like it really has that upscale vibe when you sit when you step into it, and it really makes the Tremor, and especially with the aux switches right on the dash. Like your buddies are going to know this isn't just an everyday Ranger. You have the Tremor, and I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, we you know obviously every most of what we've been talking about here is 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 really the you know the stake of it, like the 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 the, the 
key functional uh, components, but we also wanted to have a little bit of sizzle and a little bit of flair with it. Going back to the functionality, just to go over the numbers really quick. So uh, you guys get a little bit more wheel track from a different offset to the wheels. You go from ground clearance on a base ranger 8.9 inches to 9.7. Approach angle goes from 28.7 to 30.9. Breakover improves really impressively from 21.5 to 24.2. And uh, departure angle goes from 25.4 to 25.5. Obviously, you guys are lifting the front of the truck to, to get at those numbers. Um, I thought overall for what you get with the package, $4,290 for everything that's on there. And I thought that was a, a pretty, pretty good deal. And I mean, maybe not a bargain. I guess it depends on how much you want to spend on a truck. But the tester that we had was $47,360, pretty pretty loaded. And I know you can get some of the competitors way up above 50, 54, 55. And the best thing that I think Ford did here that's that I don't know that anybody else is doing, they made the Tremor an overlay over either XLT or Lariat. So you could have the base truck that you want and that entry level price that you want to get into if you want more, you know, um, uh, more of a, a everyday vehicle, you want a more luxur- a luxurious vehicle, you can do that and then overlay the Tremor package right on top of that. And that gives the buyer really good flexibility in terms of pricing and ultimately what kind of truck they get. And I thought, uh, Chad, that was that was really something special with the Tremor that nobody's really doing. Yeah. You know, it's it, I'm so glad you picked up on that because there's, there's really a couple components to that. Uh, first off, that decision to offer it, not just at the very highest end, you got to get every single nook and cranny of feature capability, and then you add the off-road. Uh, yeah, we certainly have that on our Lariat version of Tremor, but we wanted to make it available to the everyday off-roader who maybe doesn't care as much about some of the componentry, like the you know, premium audio system or the push button start or How dare whatever you? some of those lariat functions. You've got to have the premium audio system. Well, well <laughs> certainly it's, if it's you're nice. You. If you don't offer that, that's communism to not get the premium <laughs> audio. How dare anyone? Uh-huh. But, but basically what it, what it creates is a scenario where it says, depending on your budget, you know, this is a functional pack that can go at either the high end or the mid end of the truck. So like you said, yours was, you know, you can get a lariat for, somewhere just above 45,000. I think yours probably had a few other bells and whistles. We got it to 40, 47. You can get this truck for as low as 41 uh, on an XLT four by four crew cab. So, so it, it creates a scenario where, where it just meets a little bit, it, we call it democratizing it, right? It's making it more available to more customers who are interested in, 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 in playing in the space. And, and also the, the, just to comment on the, on the price of the package, the 4290 $4, includes really a bunch of components, right? It includes everything that's in the existing FX4 package, which by itself is 1300 bucks. It includes everything in our sport appearance package and some, like the nostril uh, C-clamps and things like that. But it includes all of that componentry, which is another roughly $1,000. All right, I take it so back. When you it's it's a bargain. Th- it's a bargain. I take it back. <laughs> yeah, when you start to think about all the suspension and the wheels and the tires and the, you know, the the step bars and all the interior differences it's it you know it's it's a it's a it's a lot of content for the for the remainder of that well chad like i said hell of a deal hell of a deal at your local uh, Ford <laughs> dealer. I, I like the backtracking I like no. the backtracking no 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 i uh, i just wanted to uh, i wanted to put chad in a position where he could better explain it to the masses that's all well well done thank you, thank you. well done all right uh if you are interested in picking up a 21 ford ranger tremor head over to uh, ford.com uh, crew cab only. I don't know if we talked about that, but it's uh, crew cab only. 
And Ford will also have as many as or more than 200 accessories available for it at launch that you could also get through your local Ford dealer as well. Is there a reason for the crew cab only, or is it just because the take rate is so much higher on a crew cab these days than than a? Yeah, it's 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 a it's a good point. The in general in the midsize segment, we're seeing crew cab take rates in excess of 80 percent of all. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Um, so. It's the predominant build configuration. Am I hearing that um, uh, single cab, not just n- not in this model, but single cabs, their their days are numbered? Well, I think you can already see that just surveying the market. Yeah, it, well, in midsize pickup, they're they're in in the U.S. There are no true regular cabs like without a back seat entirely. There are some in the F's in the in the fifteen hundred uh, level segment, but uh, but gotcha. not in the midsize segment right now. Uh, anything you guys want to add for the Truck Show Podcast listeners that we didn't cover about the Tremor and uh, and the discount code that Ford promised our listeners to go buy one? <laughs> <laughs> well, I just I, I just wanted to thank you guys for having us on. And you know, we at Ford we come with a big posse on these uh, podcasts, <laughs> and we wanted to make sure we had we had all the right guys on the call for you and, and the podcast for you. But uh, sincerely, I do appreciate it. I, I know your your customers are. Uh, really detail oriented. Really want some of the detailed specs, and I'm glad Chris uh, and Tristan were able to join us and really dive into to, to a lot of that stuff. So I hopefully hopefully we gave you something as well, and we definitely appreciate what you've given us. Absolutely. All right. So uh, Chad Callender, Ranger Marketing Manager, uh, Chris Dean, Vehicle Dynamic Engineer, and Tristan Hickman, Vehicle Integration Engineer. Both the last two guys hailing from uh, our friends uh, I know. in now, Australia. Now, wait under. a second. Now, Tristan, what exactly does vehicle integration engineer mean? Uh, it's <laughs> it's uh, like, the, like, the cost, like the cost and weight um, question from earlier. It's one of those tricky ones that always comes up. It's <laughs> you, you have the red pen with the line item veto, right? Like you go through and go, oh, hell no, we're not doing that. <laughs> it keeps Just, the rest um, of us honest. <laughs> yeah, and making sure that nobody nobody gets too happy or too unhappy at, at any one time. <laughs> Tristan's the glue that holds the whole thing together. He uh, he helps work with all of us, you know, marketing demands, engineering cool stuff. He kind of says, "All right, let's 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 get it." Man, he must be a pretty way. even keel guy to deal with uh, everybody on all those different <laughs> sides tugging at him. Yeah, I uh, I'm super excited to get some more uh, seat time in the uh, in the Ranger Tremor. And Chad, we will have you back on when the uh, Ranger T6 comes out soon. <laughs> <laughs> no comment, sir. Yeah, we figured that. Uh, you know, yeah, we, we have to ask, or at least uh, you know, let you know that we're open to uh, conversation when you're ready. That's all. Always ready to come back, all right. guys. All right. All right. Fantastic, all right. Chad, Chris, and Tristan, everybody. Ranger Tremor. We don't have the sound effects. Yeah, no, yeah. Unfortunately, <laughs> on Zoom, we don't have it. So uh, We hogged all of our audio channels for you guys. We have got no more for oh, sound effects. Nice. All right, all right. guys. Thank you. All really right. Thanks, everybody. It. Thanks. Cheers. Good night. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. Thanks. Bye. Holman, that sound is uh, static from us not paying our satellite bill. Oh, did we use up all of our uh, satellite minutes on that uh, Zoom call with 12 people on it? I think we used, yeah, it's because we had a prepaid account. Uh, <laughs> I don't think that is news to anyone that uh, we would fail in technology, but uh, how about we get into some real news? Sounds good to me. What's new in trucks? We need to know. What's new in trucks? We need to know. What's new in trucks? We need to know. Lifted, lowered, and everything in between. What's happening in the world of trucks? Ah! Yes! Yes, yes, yes! We're back to normal! I mean, this week. Yeah. 
I love when you, uh, you know play what I mean? Along. I, I just, I, well, yeah, play along, and I just love when, when it's consistent. It feels good. It's uh-huh. just tight and bright. Yeah. 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 All right, what you got? Uh, did you hear? No. Uh, apparently. No. no. Oh, there's a lot of no's there. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I didn't hear it. Um, apparently, there's been a USPTO. Of course, that's the U.S. Patent and Trade Office. Mm-hmm. Uh, for a new filing from our friends at Toyota. You're saying that someone reported that they were watching the filings and they came across one from Toyota. Called Trail Hunter. Now, is that a foot massager that is in the passenger footwell? I don't think so. Oh, okay. I think that would be called foot massager. I see. Uh, Oh, that's the one that I read on the last show. What if there was some sort of rebirth of a FJ Cruiser-type vehicle that would compete against Wrangler and Bronco, since everybody and their mom wants to jump into that segment. I don't personally care, but I do think that the Toyota fans will go ballistic. If that's true. If it is true, yes. Hey, did you hear? No. Uh, did you hear that uh, Mike, the guy that was behind that YouTube channel where he jumped his Ram TRX over a stream at a uh, incredibly uh, steep angle and lawn darted into the earthen berm on the other side? Isn't that the guy, Street Speed 707? Uh, something like that? I don't know, something like that. Yep. Uh, got charged with uh, 18 criminal counts against him after filming that viral video. Why? Which has over a million and a half views. Uh, apparently, the list includes two counts of disturbance of waterways and watersheds, six counts of pollution of waters, six counts of littering near waters, and another four counts of running a vehicle in a stream. So he thought that he was going to go buy a brand new TRX uh-huh. and that the advertising money that he would get from his millions of views uh-huh. would pay for that TRX. Which it probably has. Not a million views, didn't. Well, oops. Mm-mm, nope. And then now he's got fines to pay, so... I love when YouTubers think that they're all that in a bag of chips and then it falls apart. Well, um, yeah. He does explain uh, in this article that uh, the videos were on private property and that he didn't cause any damage and he didn't go there to um, pollute anything or or to um, can't, litter. You can't feign ignorance, But though. he said, uh, you know, no gasoline or oil or coolant or anything like that was in the water. And uh, I don't know. He His whole thing is that I'm going to keep doing it. And uh, I guess he's probably going to lawyer up or has lawyered up. And uh, he thinks that he is, you know, he says he pays hundreds of thousands of dollars in taxes every year off of, uh, I guess, his earnings for oh, whatever he, he does. He plus makes his a YouTube. lot of money on his YouTube channel. He's got all kinds of cars. And, and he's trucks. like, I don't even want free stuff, but I just want to be left alone. And the government can't help itself but to, you know, like, here's a guy. Having fun making a living, you know, living nah, his dream. Look, dude, someone trying tur- to ruin him. Someone turned him in. Oh, you think? Yeah, I of mean, someone turned him in, and here he is on YouTube, you know. And well, I mean, he admits there's always a risk with the videos he's recording because, uh, quote unquote, apparently some things aren't exactly legal. But he didn't think that this would cause such big problems. Uh, but he says it's not going to hold him back. He's ready to do more jump videos with expensive things. Well, to, look, uh, look, look, on the look. internet. He wasn't, as far as I know, he wasn't doing the crazy stuff. Until Whistling Diesel came along and uh-huh. out jackassed everybody else. Yeah, and, then, and I don't mean like being a jackass, but I mean like stunt style. Sure, he was doing those old school '90s jackass stunts with vehicles, and then everyone said, "Oh my God, he's getting millions of views. I sure. want to, I want a piece of that. I gotta have me some of that." Mm, that's what they said. Hey, did you hear? No. Bollinger has introduced a new version of their EV truck chassis. This one is a one-ton electric dually uh, with no bed on the back. So chassis cab style. 
Okay, tell me more. Uh, he basically says that uh, after announcing the B1 SUV and the B2 pickup with 4x4 uh, with an all-original design, that he's uh, now moving on to the B2 Chass E cabs. That's See what he did there? Chass yeah. dash E for electric. dash E. Uh, he says that uh, the announcement expands the possible offerings to the heavier Class 3, so those are vehicles with a gross vehicle weight rating up to 14,000 pounds, and uh, his new B2 ch- uh, chassis E dually two-wheel drive, as well as a standard single rear-wheel drive and two-wheel drive and all-wheel drive configurations will be offered. Uh, the Do you think he high-fived himself when he came up with chassis E? I mean, maybe. <laughs> uh, rear-wheel drive model will start at 70,000. Uh, this is for the the cab model. Dual rear wheel drive, uh, seventy two five hundred, and uh, all wheel drive a hundred thousand. Again, no bed, just a chassis. Just a just a cabin yeah, chassis. Frame old frame rails on the skateboard. Oh chassis. my lord! Yeah. Uh, it says, um, you know, nobody else is doing it in that space, so he's going to take advantage. He should. Smart move, I think. I mean, we'll see. Hey, uh, remember that uh, Chevy Silverado ZR2 that we were talking about seeing spy photos of? Yes, I do. Uh, Spy photographers have got new photos of that same truck now hanging out with Ram TRXs and Ford F-150 Raptors. Oh. So the plot thickens on the uh, Chevy Silverado 1500 ZR2 being a thing. What are they doing? They're they're head-to-head competition? Not competition, but they're, they're testing. Right. Competitive analysis. Right. Right. They're doing that hmm. thing. Uh, hey, did you hear? How about new? It's actually a yes because you sent this one to me. Oh, oh, so I'd have this. Yeah. Uh, I for the record, guys, I'm gonna find some more yeses and nos. I know it's all Star Wars, <laughs> and it's just no, it's a no, thing no, and... no. We're not. It's not that thing that you said. Oh, it's, it's merely a popular pop culture uh, sound clip. Sure, sure, that's what it is. Right. Wait, what Holman says. Right. 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 Uh, Callaway. You may know them from being the Corvette tuning people. Pete Callaway? That Callaway? We're going to try and get them on the show uh, here very quickly. We sent some emails. They actually returned our phone calls and emails. Uh, But they have a new supercharged Silverado Signature Edition based on the Chevy Silverado 1500 with the 6.2 liter L87 V8. Callaway uh, takes that motor, installs an Eaton TVS R2650 supercharger, does a uh, new intake system, its own Callaway-designed triple-cooled intercooler setup, let me guess, zero to 60 in That's high fours? strange sound that you just made. I don't know. Um, haven't gotten that far yet. Okay. Let's see. I was going to tell you power. Do you want to know power? Do yes, you I do. Speed? No, no, no. I, I want power. Uh, 602 horsepower and 560 pound-feet of torque. Ooh, that's stout. That comes uh, from the stock uh, L87 at 420, 460. All right. Now I am ready for your uh, for your speed numbers Oh, Ooh, ooh. Uh, zero to 60 in four. Four nine, I mean, considering you sent me the article, you are actually incorrect. I was. You I, must buzz yourself. Oh, okay, sure. I'm happy to do that. Zero to sixty in what? Four point three. Oh, four three. That's freaking fast for a Silverado. Quarter mile in twelve five at one thirteen. That's quick. I mean, that's quick. Yeah, that's I mean, it's very the, respectable. Not the fastest ever. No, but I mean, that is. I wonder what it's going to cost. Well, let's uh, just just for fun, um, Ram TRX about twelve seven in the quarter one oh seven. Just to give you some context okay. of what that that speed is. So, I mean, for not being a big old you know uh, lifted four wheel drive on thirty five inch tires, I might expect to be a little quicker. But this no? is but but but, but that's also seven hundred horsepower. I'm just trying to think. I'm trying to compare it to a stock pickup that has 
comparable. No, I hear you. But one is aftermarket and one is factory. So there's a huge difference with the TRX as opposed to just bolting on a supercharger onto an existing engine. I think they did a, a pretty fair job. Well, uh, I'd say it's better than fair. I mean, it's a cool looking truck. Uh, it's got the Callaway in the grill, and obviously Callaway has a, a pretty uh, pretty good uh, name in the industry. And you also get a, a crazy uh, full Callaway exhaust with quad tips that uh, sound pretty damn mean. So if now, you, are they hanging down below, or do they have the bumper indentations on the on the bottoms? Yeah, they're they're Frenched into the bumpers. Oh, they're, nice. They're they're, they're uh, quad round tips, and they sort of like half the height is tucked up into the bumper. Hey, they look good. If you go online, you can find uh, does that videos mean that they're it. supplying you with a new bumper then? Uh, hmm. No, it's your it's your factory bumper. They just oh, it has them frenched into the factory bumper. They just cut out of uh, you know make room for the tips. Gotcha, um, but just the tips. So the uh, <laughs> the Callaway will put you back uh, how much? Uh, Seventy seven hundred bucks. Well, if you have to ask, you can't afford it because uh, we don't have those numbers yet. So <laughs> we're going to get them on the show so they can tell us more about uh, moving into the truck space. We've never had Callaway on the show. Now, I, I was introduced to Callaway back in the day when they had that uh, the supercharged. A Corvette. Yeah. I don't know why. They were at the Irvine Spectrum or somewhere. They had a showroom. Yes, that's I, right, because they've always been California-based. Yeah, and, and I somehow I waltzed in, and I had heard of them, and I walked in, and I go, oh, my God, this is freaking insane. I, I Someday I aspire to have a, a Corvette like this. Uh, I don't know that I'll ever have a Corvette, but that was badass. And it was would all you really Callaway. have a Corvette? Yes, I would. You really want one? I would. A, a the mid- problem a, is- A C8 I'm a, or C7? Uh, I prefer the C. That's, uh, that's a I tough mean, one. And I you're not a seven. and you're not a doctor, lawyer, or dentist. So, well, what do you, what do you mean by that? Because those are the people that buy that. No, I disagree. Hmm. I disagree. I think that uh, I I think that uh, the Corvette is a an upper blue collar guy, upper class blue collar. Hmm. I don't think he's don't white collar like that at all. And I think that the issue is that I don't want to be the guy with mirrored sunglasses and a bald head in a Corvette. But you're awfully close. I mean, by the time you can afford a Corvette and add one to the stable, you, you'll be that guy. I could afford. I can afford a Corvette now. Not a. Not a. You know, probably like a C6. Mm-hmm. I would love to have a C7. What's the ZR1? Is that the one that they had? Yeah. That, that, or so he, they made Callaway had a ZR1 with a supercharger. Yeah, but the real ZR1, not the today's. I mean, the today's is cool, but the first generation ZR1 that had the square tail lights and the uh, Yamaha tuned uh, overhead cam, dual overhead cam engine. That one's special. Callaway's had the hood uh, glassed, meaning that's Chevy does that. Oh, they do. Yep. Yeah, that comes from the sh- factory for, with Chevy on a like C seven, so you can see the blower. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yep. Pretty badass, isn't it? <laughs> it is badass. And I've, that's why you want one, just because somebody put a window in the hood. I'm telling you, it, yeah, it worked. Are you putting a window in the hood of Lockjaw? Um, or can you just already see through it? E- well, you can. There are holes. Uh, we are going to be carving a hole through it. It won't really be a window as much as it will be a pass-through. I see. Yeah. Did you hear? No. No, I didn't. Uh, Alpha Wolf. I saw this. And this... I thought you just said you didn't hear. Like, well, well, he didn't. I did. Okay. Uh, <laughs> it looks like a Toyota. Alpha Wolf. It Explain... looks like a first-gen Toyota Hilux 4x4. Really yes, it does. 5.4 foot bed. Uh, looks like a, what the, a modern Toyota would look like with Except that the uh, the proportions are full Toyota, except that the wheel arches are way deeper into the body cut lines uh, for a big old tires. So back up for a second. Yeah. Alpha is a GM product. No, it's not. So who is uh, Alpha? I'm not familiar. I We've not talked about Alpha before. Don't know. And this prototype looks pretty damn good. 
So I this, this is another one of those uh, electric startups that have snuck up on us. And I'm like, where'd you come from? Um, First it was Canoe, and now yep, it's Alpha. Yep, and the Alpha Wolf, which is described as a fun multi-purpose truck for two passengers, that's intended for people looking for a solid four-wheel drive utility truck without the carbon emissions. Uh, it rides on a battery electric platform with standard front-wheel drive or four-wheel drive, uses a uh, uh, 75 to 85 kilowatt-hour lithium-ion battery pack. They say the compact pickup will be able to travel between 250 and 275 miles on a single charge, and it can and can accelerate from 0 to 60 in about 6.3 seconds when equipped with the optional four-wheel drive dual motor That sounds a little sluggish by comparison. Yeah, but they're not... I mean, you, you've been spoiled by all these high-end, super OE, like plaid motor, ludicrous mode, Hummer, you know, their whole uh, watch to freedom, all that stuff. I mean, is that stuff realistic? I mean, is it... Is it I don't know. I guess we don't know yet. We don't know. Uh, so the Alpha Wolf will only be available in a two-door regular cab. So it's a 5.4-foot-long bed. Uh, you'll have DC fast charging, digital infotainment display, digital driver's display, Bluetooth connectivity, premium sound. Uh, they're saying price is going to start at 36000 for the single motor, and the dual motor will be at 46000 And uh Well, I mean, that sounds But Here's the reasonable. thing. I, I feel like we we didn't bury the lead, but the looks of this of this truck— it. It's awesome. It's it's a it compact. So it's not retro. A, it's not a midsize. It's like a modern retro Toyota looking pickup. I'm telling you, if anyone saw this with no caption on it, they'd go, "Oh, that's, that's a an future interesting Toyota, Toyota truck." Yeah. That's exactly right. Yeah, I mean, it's cool. I I instantly uh, can like Toyota it. sue them. I mean, for any for type of copyright, like for design. It's not an identical. It's pretty damn close. No, it's not. No, it's got the vibe of a Toyota. They're not actually copying a Toyota. Okay. No. Just nope, saying. Nobody's suing anybody. Well, Just that's saying. not true. <laughs> in, this, in this world, there's all sorts of people suing all sorts of people. Uh, I think it's cool. I don't know a whole lot about it. I know if you go to YouTube and uh, search for Alpha Wolf Electric Truck World Premiere, uh, there's a pretty cool video on there that kind of shows it to you, and we'll see if we can get them on and uh, and p- perhaps learn a little bit more about it. Yes, that'd be great. Uh, hey, Lightning. Yeah? Did you hear? No. General Motors said uh, last week that due to a global semiconductor chip shortage in the U.S., they're building certain 2021 light-duty full-size pickup trucks without fuel management module, hurting those vehicles' fuel economy performance. Why do not Why do they have to release them without the module? Because they still got to build trucks. They have demand for them. So it says the lack of active fuel management, dynamic fuel management modules, mean the affected models equipped, equipped with the 5.3-liter Ecotec 3 V8 with both six-speed and eight-speed automatic transmissions, will have lower fuel economy by one mile per gallon. Well, it's not that big a deal. What does that it do It is to... when you sell 100,000, 200,000, 300,000 trucks. No, but that's not affect... Your what cafe? Is... Sure it is. Well, okay, but... Corporate average fuel economy. Okay, they yes. They still take a hit on that. Uh, where are they with passing emissions, I guess? It's not an emissions issue. It's not? No, it's a fuel economy issue. But Active it, fuel management turns off certain oh, cylinders. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, so it's of course. fuel saving. Yeah, 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 of course. So basically, they're just not able to do that. Your emissions are still fine. Sure, but, sure. But you're not getting to go into four-cylinder mode or you know, any mix of dropping cylinders out of uh, combustion at any given time. Uh, so it says that uh, the trucks are still being built uh, because it wants to protect the pickups. They're among GM's most profitable models. The spokeswoman declined to say the volume of the vehicles uh, affected, but said by taking this measure, we're better able to meet the strong customer and dealer demand for our full-size trucks as the industry continues to rebound and strengthen. The change runs through the 2021 model year 
which typically ends in late summer or early fall. So we're talking about months. Mm, yeah, that's now, a lot of trucks. But what I'm curious about is those were standard features before. Two things. If you're building it without it, does the price go down any on the MSRP if it doesn't have it? It should. Or if you want to throw a blower or do any other modifications, is this the the time to buy it? I don't know if active fuel management has uh, any issue with uh, aftermarket performance parts. Well, so I know I that there are a lot of people that try to go into the software, uh, into the ECM, and turn that stuff off. Well, you know, so well, that's what I'm we, saying. We get it, requests at work quite often where they're like, "Hey, uh, you know, I don't, I hate when my truck's in four cylinder yeah. mode." But how, what I'm saying is, get rid of this that? doesn't even have it. So if you've been waiting for a truck and you don't like that feature, maybe now's the time to pick one up from your local Chevy dealer, huh? Hey, Holman, I got someone uh, lined up for our parts department. Ooh, is that uh, one of those new products you came across in your travels? Well, I'll tell you the story. Hang tight. Hello. Mr. Danny Hengen's Lightning and Holman Truck Show Podcast. What's happening? What's going on, fellas? Hey, we have a quick intro. Don't move. Welcome to the parts department. Screw, nut, filter, oil, grill, tools. Wheels, tires, brakes, lights, gears, belts. And your wife warns you not to. Don't you spend our money. And then you'll want to come back. And our wives are sick of blowing airlines. Uh-huh. Oh, are they? Oh, wait a minute. Hold easy. on. Wait, wait, wait. Easy. Is that a euphemism? Easy, easy, okay, okay, easy, right. easy lightning. Mm-hmm. Easy lightning. <laughs> huh? That's uh, what she said. On her lowered <laughs> right. truck. Uh, yeah, on her lower truck. So here's here's the backstory really quick. I followed Rad Rides, which is funny because you're not as familiar with Rad Rides, but they're out of yeah, Huntington Beach. Yeah, I live Beach. around the corner. I know. Huntington Beach, California. Now, the, what, Danny, what's the guy, what's the dude's name with the long hair that runs Rad Rides? Paige, the owner. Okay, so Paige is outspoken on Instagram. So if you follow, he has several <laughs> accounts on Instagram. What's the What's the main one, Danny? Uh, he has now, it's NorCal Low Life of official norcal low life official i don't know he's from socal right i don't know how he got norcal low life or what happened there but he's up from the bay he is bay area okay okay yeah his instagram is uh it provokes thought let's just say that It's (laughs) it's great and so i follow him he's a character he is also the guy that you may you guys may have seen him in whistling diesel's video about three months ago something like that when the dude from Whistling Diesel bought a slammed R8 and then proceeded destroyed to it. destroy it, and now he's fixed it and twin-turboed it and the whole thing. But he bought it from, from Huntington and drove it across the country. So I follow all this, and then, and then so he launches or is part of this level air system. And he's like, coming soon, coming soon. And I'm just watching it in my feed, coming soon. And then I learn later what it is in this level air. These guys are all into air, air management. And apparently, I run into at Quarantine Cruise, uh, Danny, and Danny is a partner in the company, and it's you're actually the brains behind it. It's being sold through Rad Rides, but all these new. We'll talk about what it is in a second, but it was really interesting how it just I I we it's a you know, hell of a setup, Lightning. I, I'm just saying it was weird how it just happened organically. I'm at this car show and I run into these guys. And Danny's go, not going to have anything else to talk about. No, no, he's good. He's got some time. He's got some time. <laughs> he, he put the kids to bed. I don't know. Do you have kids? So. Uh, anyway, I run into him and he's got a slammed 300C, uh, Chrysler and we just get to talking and he pops the trunk and it's gorgeous. His, his air management system in there and he has all the level air 
and we just got to talking. I'm like, we got to have you on the show because he's he's an entrepreneur. And we'll, so let's back up, uh, Danny, and find out how you got into this and what the product is. I got into this November last year. Well, back up. I've been in the car scene since about 2002. Okay. Doing custom car stereo. Mini truck days, that's when I started. Uh, bag trucks, all that stuff back in the day. And then was involved with the bags back then and shot the shop, had my own shop. Kind of retired out the scene and then uh, kind of got linked back up with these guys um, that now are as rad rides. Um, never had a vehicle for myself. So I've done all these SEMA cars, all these projects throughout these years. And finally, I'm like, I'm going to do it as a hobby now. Wanted something different. And plastic lines, I mean, that's just common. And then you have the hard lines. Me being as creative in the fiberglassing and carbon, all the stuff that I create, I just sat back and I've always liked the AN lines and came up with the concept and drew a lot of stuff out and R&D'd it for a year. And so anything with PTC connections, you can run basically an AN line that's a lot higher PSI. You know, you get the quality, performance, everything out of an AN line. And the looks. And the looks, too. So... It was just one big package all in one. Now, did it start because you wanted the looks or were you ha- were you blowing lines? Like you've been through bag trucks, you've been, you know, your history is building big car stereo systems. So you've, you've got both sides, but did you have issues that led to this or you're just like, I want to make something prettier? Just something different. Just make something, you know, that's nothing's been done before. It, it wasn't really function or it was just something new, something different, something that looks, you know, nice. I've always liked A and lines. That's basically how I started because I've never had a vehicle for myself, bags, custom, nothing. It was always always doing stuff for everybody else. So I kind of had to one up myself from the cars that I've built in the past on something completely new, something out of the, out of out of the ordinary. So it's where level basically came up from. Let's talk about where these lines go from. So typically in a trunk setup, you've got your air tank if it's on display. And then you'll have the, um, what's the, 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 the main distribution block called? So your air manifold. Management. Is that the manifold? Okay. Yeah. So, so you've got the manifold. And then out of the manifold would come Danny's level air and lines. So if you think about it, a big, fat, braided, high PSI line with really beautifully crafted uh, anodized AN fittings on the end. And they just, they look super high quality. Obviously, having a big airline like that, you've got a lot of capacity for uh, airing up or airing down quickly to get air from one end of the system to the other. I was really impressed. They just the, the quality. They just look super cool, especially on some of the photos on your uh, your website, levelair.com with two Vs. Some of the manifold blocks that are anodized, like there's the one with the gold with the black uh, hoses. Man, that thing looks sweet. Like an AccuWear setup on that one. Um, so yeah, it was- match the colors. Anything with the push connect, so the PTC that you're basically pushing and the, the plastic lines lock into, you now have the level there that's a lot better looking than a plastic line. And over time through, you know, a lot of people are doing, you know, hard lines in their trunks and you'll get potential leaks from moving. It's a hard, solid piece slipping out of the fitting uh, with level. They're actually designed. It locks into the PTC. It actually has a piece it bites into. I R&D'd it on my car and, you know, with the help of the guys at Rad Rides and where everything, you know, they did the air suspension on my car. And I built the trunk and did everything else, you know, with them. I R&D'd it for a year before I brought it to the market. Really abused it. Put it through the test and no issues, not one leak. And it's after hours. You know, I have a nine to five. 
um, and levels aside, you know, hobby business that, you know, we're running. So how did you arrive at these fittings, the black braided cable? Um, and how did, are you building these in house? The kit basically comes with the level and it, it's actually patent pending at this point right now. It's a uh, utility patent on, on it, the PTC to AN. Everything's black, you know, A in lines, everything just comes, you know, it's a soft braided A in line, which is kind of run of the mill factory A in lines, either that or the, the stainless braided you see. So the black was just something that it, it just all flows. You know, I don't like looking at trunks and there's 50 different colors on, you know, fittings or stuff like that. It's just out of the management, you have black anodized level fitting, you know, the A in lines are black, everything's black. Uh, where you see it. So right now the kit is kind of set up like a hard line setup where it's A in lines where it's visible and then it, it switches back to a plastic lines that would run the rest of the, you know, the length to each bag. There is some stuff in the works to make, well, there will be actually a kit very soon that will hit the market that is a full A in lines from each bag corner to the management. 100% A in lines from front to front to back. And those will be hard or flexible? They're, it's a soft, flexible A in. You know, it's a stainless braided line. The lines are 500 PSI rated, and you're never going to get to 500 PSI on an air management. Not with our crappy yeah. compressors. <laughs> <laughs> so, and the big thing with, with level, I can say there is some R&D work right now, and anything with push connect. Um, there's some performance parts that are on the market now that use a push connector style. Um, there will be more options, uh, not just air management for a level. There's actually a lot of other growth in different lines on the performance side of where lines are used. So what are our, our options right now? I see uh, you've got airline size, uh, you've got both quarter and three eighths, and then you, uh, you've got connectivity to airlift, AccuAir, uh, the VU and the VX series and the Endo series, I guess those guys just really control the market. Are there anyone out there? I, I'm thinking of like maybe uh, who's another ride tech or something. Being on this side, because I've always been on the other side, you know, putting in product, um, installing the product. Now being on the basically the manufacturing side, you know, the DMs are kind of blowing up. Um, there is a lot other manufacturers of, you know, air ride setups, you know, management systems around the world, actually. It's just, you know, Airlift, AccuAir, they just have had the focal point for all these years. You know, they've created that brand and Level just trying to fit in, you know, within the industry. You know, it's, there's a little portion for everybody. Um, there was no options for lines. I mean, there's, there's not one option for line besides the plastic or the hard lines. And that's where Level's coming in as your, as your option. Isn't that you crazy? Know, now that... you have a third one. There was nothing on the market. How was how that even possible that, I mean... These have been around for the whole systems have been around for a couple of decades and no one's ever offered lines that always like do it yourself. Right? Well, I'm, I'm amazed that this is such a no brainer product with the uh, AN interfacing the uh, push to connect that he was able to get a patent. Nobody had done that before. What? That's crazy. Talk to me. <laughs> that's, how has that not been done? I was surprised myself. I was surprised <laughs> myself. And that's the, the good other, for you, man. Like the visually aspect, you know, most ANs are, you know, like a a nut looking, you know, there's, there's six sides or, and so that's why you look at the level. It's, it's round with two flats, right? So I'm changing up visually, which you're commonly seeing on an AN fitting, but it's function. Everything's identically the same. It's just the outside slightly different. And it gives it a lot aesthetically. It gives it a lot better presence 
when I'm looking at it and everyone else that notices it, they, you, there's little changes that we've done. You know, I mean, it's gone through about three or four phases at this point until the product actually launched months ago in COVID and everyone, you know, it's a friend of mine, really good friend of mine once said it's, well, what if you make it? You can't look at what if you fail. It's what if you make it? And that's what I've been running with. And let's just, let's go. All right. You just uh, earned yourself the entrepreneur intro. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Hold no, on. He just, uh, are you more of a, uh, a blues guy or a, or a heavy metal guy? <laughs> no, no. That's the innovator motorator. Oh, okay. Well, well he wait, could, wait he could do that too. He could go either well, way. Well, I don't know. I feel like you want entrepreneur or do you want innovator uh, motorator? I feel like he's innovating in a space. All right. Do you like, do you like blues or metal? I like it all, to be honest with you. I started with car audio. You, scene, you gotta so, choose. Yeah, I can't be picky on No, no, no. Music. For this, there's two jingles to choose from, my man, Actually, Danny. three. Okay, well, <laughs> is it blues or is it metal? Pick one. Let's go. Let's go metal. All right. Sorry. <laughs> Innovator, moderator, truck show. Innovator, moderator, truck show. Innovator, moderator, truck show. Innovator, moderator, truck show. Truck show. Truck show! Truck show! Man, that hurts my throat. <laughs> Warned you. I like that. <laughs> uh, Danny, are you manu- uh, manufacturing these fittings in-house, or you having someone do them, or what's, uh, so what's the, that story? The manufacturing is done in Huntington. Level's based out of Huntington. I'm trying to keep everything as, as local as, as possible. You know, my anodizing's done uh, in Santa Ana. It's easy for me just having everything local. You know, with with me, do like I said, I have a day job, outside sales. I'm on the road all day, every day. Yeah, it's cool having everything U.S. made. I mean, that's that's and it's U.S. made, all local. What's your vision for level? Like, where do you obviously you want to quit your day job at some point and go into this full time? I mean, we saw the market open up for a minute when AccuAir disappeared. Now AccuAir has been purchased and restarted again at R Not. They're starting to uh, uh, promote the brand. Or so, right? Yeah, see, <laughs> and. It, it shows how much hunger there is for uh, air systems, air ride in general. There is a big, I mean, within that, that little grace period, um, I saw a lot of people hitting the, hitting the scene. You know, a lot of people are acquiring other companies. You know, right now there's a whole tank war going on. The vision for level is just another option, you know, to be out there uh, and, and, be an option for everybody else. You know, I created it for myself, but I want to take it to everybody else and, and give them the opportunity to have the same, you know, the same quality work, you know, that, that, that I've put together. So there is a lot of growth in it. There's a lot of conversations that we've been having a lot lately. Um, there's some performance stuff that's R and D right now um, for some upgrades, uh, basically plug and play and go, you know, and the lines, we supply all the fittings. And that's the thing for me is, the the kit comes with all the fittings, twelve foot of line that you need to do it. You don't now you don't have to go in and, and buy one fitting and look at a wall of A and fittings. Okay, what else am I do I need? You know, I we went through the whole process and said, look, this is what you're gonna need to do your project. You cut the A in lines, you build the A in lines. You know, like I told my guys in GTS, Google that because how to build an A in line, it's you know, some guys can't, some guys will, you know. And, you know, we don't build them in-house per se as assembly the lines, but I'm supplying everything in the kit that you can do the process with. You know, I have announced um, on IG there there's a uh, a tank-to-tank AN kit that's coming. There is a compressor-to-tank uh, 
a inline kit that will be uh, available soon, uh, sooner than later. There's a full AN kit, line kit that goes from bag to management that'll be coming. Um, and then there's some other stuff that's in the works. The actual, there's some other manufacturers that are bringing some other products uh, to the industry that really hasn't been seen before. So the 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 base kit right now is it's looking like three eighty nine. Is that correct? Three hundred eighty nine bucks at radridesbuilt.com. It could be used on you know every vehicle that that any air management, and you know some of the air managements they are going back to the threaded valves where you, you don't have a push connector or a PTC at the on the manuf- on the valve itself. You know the manifold. So levels not needed in those applications my biggest thing is you can take an existing setup with plastic lines and switch it to the level lines within an hour's time span so and anybody at home can do it it's not a shop that has to do it if you are mechanically kind and can do the work you can build the lines and do the switch out yourself i have four guys customers around the u.s right now that did dm me ask questions and they're just at their house doing it you know, and, and that's what I like seeing also, you know, the, the just the end users doing it. The guys that it's their love for the cars, they're putting in the hard work, like what I've done. You know, I mean, I came from, you know, the mini truck scenes and all that stuff. And, you know, we just got done cutting the front end of the 300 up to get it to lay frame on the floor. You know, that's where I came from. I got to think that up, put it on the floor. I got to think, you Holman, know, so. that you and Danny have to have run in similar circles back in the in the mini truck days. Maybe I mean when I was running around for trucking magazine with my SLR hanging around my uh, my shoulder, getting free booze at uh, truck shows. <laughs> I don't remember we, much of those days. Across, there's there's a you know I have a couple I have quite a few cover trucking magazine vehicles that I was part of and and, and built and um, actually back in the day with trucking I believe it was Bob Ryder that I actually had all my ties with. Oh yeah, that good old Bob. Do a lot of work with. Yep, Bob's so, still around. I I see him yep. on social a bunch and. Uh, he's a good dude. Dude, congrats on the on the success. We're going to be keeping our eyes on it. Uh, it is levelair.com. Again, two Vs. If you've got uh, you know an air system, you might want to look at swapping this out. I mean, it's 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 convenient and it looks better. Yeah, you get the quality and the performance. Thanks, brother. We appreciate your uh, your time to come on the show and talk about it, and uh, wish you tons of success. And when you uh, have your next round of products, I'll hit us up because we'll have you back. I appreciate it, guys. Awesome. Thanks, Bye, Danny. Thank you. You too. You got it. All right, later. Holman, you mind if we uh, read some email? Not one bit. All right, good. You email? Yeah. I email. Do it. We email. That's right. Everybody email. Type it up. You email. Proofread. I email. Send it. We email. Click it. Everybody email. We're so it's the Idiots. worst. We are the worst. Oh, horrible. Oh my gosh. But also Sorry, fun. So yeah, sometimes the show's not about you guys. Sometimes it's about just us. us. <laughs> yeah, just having fun. Well, we don't want to push them away, so it's just us. Well, I mean that was. Wow. We only did that for us. Do you think uh, there was a lot of fifteen second skip aheads right there? Um, Hopefully not. I'm going to go to the analytics and find out. <laughs> I'm hopeful that there was. All right, I'll start with the first one. Five stars is the subject line from Colin. Hey fellas, this is my favorite podcast and gets. Five stars. Congratulations. You have earned five stars. And this is my favorite discussion. What's a truck? I drive an F-150 and really like them. 
I don't think you're going to like number one, though. I didn't know I didn't dot, dot, dot. And then he uh, links us over to Power Nation TV. And then, of course, he says, thanks. Keep it up. Colin from Victoria, British Columbia, Canada. What's he's talking about? What's the link here? Uh, they did a uh, thing that says, uh, sorry, F-150 owners, your trucks don't last the longest. And on uh, the reliability scale has Ford at number five and Honda Ridgeline at number one. Oh, but, no. But I don't know what... <laughs> I don't know what their data was on that, so... I got one here from uh, Mike Rich. Says, dudes, you're doing it wrong. With Nissan being your main sponsor, why not hit them up for custom office chairs made with zero gravity seats from a Titan? (gasps) That is freaking brilliant. I think I told you when I went to watch the Tennessee Titans, Nissan has a suite there, and the first two rows of seats in their football suite are Nissan Maxima zero gravity seats. Is that true? Yep. Would they sell them to us? Because I need to buy a couple of chairs for work. No, well, you know, this isn't for your work. This is for the podcast. Th- this work right here. This work uh, yeah, is what yeah, I meant. I, is where I'm I was looking going at with you, that. and yeah. you—that's not what you meant. Uh, I could probably, uh, hey Dan Pass, if you're uh, if you're listening to the show, I know you. Uh, what you does Dan do. Pass do? Uh, he's our he's our man on the inside. Oh, PR. I love Dan Pass. Yeah, he was our uh, when he was assigned for uh, to Japan for the last uh, several years. He would listen every day, and I could see the one Japan download. I knew that was Dan listening. <laughs> and now he's back uh, in the U.S. overseeing uh, PR. So, uh, Dan, if you're listening, any chance on getting some zero-gravity Nissan seats? All we, weld up the bracketry. That we can convert into uh, chairs right. for our podcast studio. Yes, please. That lightning can only leave here at fine, the studio. Fine. That's good. Better than these chairs. Anything's better than these chairs, yeah. except for the one in the office at home because I've been working from home so much, and it's uh, it's so bad that I literally have to get up and walk every forty five minutes now, or I just go into sciatica, spastic attack of death. Yeah, these are uh, these, these aren't much better. These are not much better. They look fine, but then you sit in them and it's like a like a a bicycle seat. No, it's like just a stem. Mm, they're a little <laughs> bit better than that. Yeah, maybe so. Sun Country 5 Cars, subject line from Wayne Pratt. I run the trailer your guest was talking about. Here's the picture. Uh, was that, uh, who was talking about that? Was that Renee or was that? No, I don't think so because this remember. is a car hauler. Renee was talking about a flatbed trailer. I'm trying to remember who ran the Sun Country because I vaguely remember that, but mm. that's a nice trailer. That's a nice trailer. And he's, and he's pulling it with a, is that a Freightliner? Or and a... look what he has on it. You notice those are all Nissan trucks yeah, on there. It's like he's uh, hauling those to the dealers. Woo! All right, I got one here from uh, Alexandra Walsh, thoughts on the last show. He says, good afternoon, gentlemen. Finally getting all caught up and just heard about GM's responses to their new EV plan. Reminded me of a conversation I had with some Ford directors that were trying to pitch how great it would be. My normal comments were, it'll lose soul. Speaking about the Mustang at this moment, their response was, what if we could make it sound and feel like a V8? It'll have the same outcome. And then he goes into what his comeback was for that, which we cannot say on the uh, on Okay, the Can't even bleep it? Nope. Oh, and it's darn. pretty funny. Uh, they says the look on their faces was priceless, and they said they had no response. But now getting into these desert trucks, why can't we just get a normally aspirated V8 with about 450 to 500 horse? Yes, Ram claims they are coming out with one. Call me old, but I really don't want to hear turbo or supercharger noises blasting across the desert for hours. What? Kind what? of commie <laughs> are you, Alexandro? <laughs> how, how dare this you? Is, this is a, one of on the best now. sounds ever. <laughs> Uh, having been the owner of a supercharged Ranger FX4 with 17 inches of travel, <laughs> I can tell you there are very few things as glorious as that truck sideways in second gear 
through the desert over whoops at full tilt, listening to the blower scream yeah. with loveliness. You, my friend, are a commie bastard. Yeah, like we, I can't get on board with you. Right. All right, he says, uh, not to mention the power band would be very nice, predictable, and would sound great, uh, the normally aspirated one. That's the worst part in the Raptor. When the turbos build boost, it makes it unpredictable. I will agree with that. It can definitely bite you if you're not on top of it. These horsepower wars are just creating a perfect scenario for where the dealer can overprice the hell out of a truck. Which brings up another point, that as OEM dealers should allow for more custom orders so the manufacturers have better understanding of what customers actually want. Okay, off my rant. I think one important thing that should be mentioned about the new Raptor suspension, maybe the most important thing, is that full power will now be available in first and second gear in the Raptor. We won't have to worry about the wheel hop blowing up rear ends. I wish I would have finished this project at Ford of swapping the GT350 motor with the 10-speed into the Raptor. I apologize for the long email, but taking a break from homework, thank you for the great show and enjoy your day. P.S. Jay, your truck episode on Banks is really cool. I hope this is the first build series of many to come out of Banks. Uh, would be pretty cool if I had some actual fab-like four-wheeler by Ian Johnson. Um, he has too many compliments for you, and he doesn't like forced <laughs> induction. We cannot be friends. I'm so confused Please because stop listening. the vehicle that I'm building is the forced induction truck. So, Well, you're double forced induction. Yeah. Wow, that's, uh, that's super weird. Gas handles, subject line from Neil Archer. Y'all over there complaining about fuel pump handle colors. Is that your southern voice? <laughs> Did you like that? I don't I'm know. I'm not sure if you're tired or no, if you're... here's what happened. Anytime someone writes y'all, Y apostrophe yeah, A-L-L, I just launched into it. Faded accent, yeah. I don't know what... Yeah, so it's... Uh, I don't know. Meanwhile, Nashville is out there uh, committing the real atrocities. You're looking at green gas handle right here and black... Are you from Texas or Nashville? What's going on over there? I don't know what's happening. <laughs> You're looking at a green gas handle and a black diesel handle that almost made me put diesel in my gas truck. You see an obnoxious diesel sticker next to the black handle, but the pump I used was missing that. I went to the pump over there to get a better picture. It was, it was also nearly midnight after a six-hour drive. gentleman's name? Uh, Neil Archer. 657-205-6105. Uh, Neil, please, uh, please call in so we can hear your real voice. That is my after-midnight uh, I mean, it's definitely right late right now. Mm -hmm. Okay, uh, I've got one here from, oh, this one from, uh, from Chris. And it says, thanks, Holman. Says, uh, hey and guys, lightning. it's Chris, and I wanted to personally thank Holman. Well, you're welcome. Uh, he says, the other day I borrowed my father in law's truck. I'm normally in my Ram, but I took a Chevy for a quick run to the depot. The only thing I could focus on was that offset steering wheel. Yep. Uh, uh, I never noticed it years ago in my GMC, but now I can't unsee it. <laughs> Keep up the good work, guys. Keep monitoring those parameters. Master, monitor key engine parameters. And you have earned five stars. Congratulations. You have earned five stars. Manual transmission midsize question mark from uh, Colin Herbert. Hello. I just started listening to the show and I'm enjoying it. Thank you very much. Oh. Well, Thank you for joining thanks, the show. Yeah. Okay. After a few minutes, I didn't find a specific episode when I searched Google, uh, searching for manual transmission-focused episode. In short, I'm thinking about finally owning a pickup and hope you could steer me towards your top value pick for a midsize with modest towing capacity over the last five years or so, or perhaps the episode where I might learn more about one. Thank you for your time. Cheers, Colin. There's only a couple choices. Yeah. You can get a, uh, a Gladiator. Or you can get a Tacoma, uh, or if you want to go to the used market, you can get a four-cylinder work truck Chevy Colorado. You can get a really old uh, Ford Ranger, uh, previous generation, not this one. 
Uh, or, of course, Nissan Frontier. All the way up to 2020. you got to go with the Frontier, right? I mean, in that group, uh, yeah, Gladiator Frontier would be my choice. It just depends. Well, they're very different. Yeah. Depends what you want out of it. Um, I don't know. I can't remember what year they dropped the manual from the V6, but to me, um, the current generation Frontier, when it first came out, so 2005 to probably, I don't know, 10, 11, 12, 13, something like that, you could get their six-speed manual with their four-liter V6, and that was a sweet setup. Uh, you could actually chirp third gear by slipping the clutch if you were if you were good enough, and uh, a lot of fun, great drive, great great. You get it in an Xterra, you can get it in a Frontier. If you're not looking for a brand new truck, that'd probably be my choice. If you're looking for a brand new truck, I'd probably say Jeep Gladiator. Um, I don't really like the way. No, he sounded like he was like five years old. As well. Yeah, then, yeah. then I, I'd look for a uh, a Frontier Pro 4X or Nismo Off Road, which is what they called it. Um, I just I'm just not a big fan of the way the Toyota clutches feel and. The weird Toyota seating position where you're on the floor with your legs outstretched plus a clutch makes it kind of kind of wonky. LST meetup subject line from Ryan Williams. Good afternoon, Sourpuss and uh, Coxwain. <laughs> <laughs> As I was enjoying my Monday morning commute, I heard my man Lightning mention how much he enjoyed LST. That's Lone Star Throwdown. I also remember when times were lovely and invited people to see the magnificent Jay Tillis in person. But no, it's okay that my three daughters ask when they will get to see the lightning again. Oh, Uncle Aww. Jay. <laughs> I've attached a picture of the girls repping your swag. Yes, sell the mini and buy a cheap daily. I have a gold Honda I picked up for two Gs, $2,000, but I offset my cars with trucks. But you wouldn't know that because we didn't have a beer together when you were in town. Anywho, Mr. Holman, keep the boat afloat and hope to see you soon. Here's a picture of my 54.5 window I've had for about 10 years now. So I don't feel bad about long-term projects, Sean. Yeah, buddy, the Emmy way. Yeah, buddy! All right, so here's the thing about uh, Lone Star Throwdown, Ryan. I didn't go. Yeah. Yeah, see, I didn't go, and I... I was joking. By the way, your your girls are lovely, but I can't wait to meet uh, your little guy, Tyler Corley, TC. Mm-hmm. That dude is all over my uh, my my Facebook, and he's like the cutest little dude ever. So one of these days, uh, we'll get back to uh, the lovely Lone Star Throwdown and hopefully hook up again with the uh, the Williams family. It's funny because uh, Jordan from Lone, from uh, uh, Daytona Truck Meet also thought I went. Right, and he and was then, mad at you. And, but then he realized that, you didn't go. that I didn't go, yeah. but apparently our man Ryan didn't understand, didn't uh, listen carefully enough. Damn. <laughs> I'm just saying, I love the dude. Uh-huh. He just wasn't paying close enough attention. I was joking. Okay. I was here. I was right. here. Let's a- go have a beer. Alienating one guest at a time. No, no, no. I'm saying Truck I'll show buy. Show podcast at I'll buy. I'll buy as long as it's we're having sours. All right. Jason I'm Gaynor. I'm sours right now. <laughs> Jason Gaynor. Sad day. I've listened to the whole catalog. Well, Lightning and Holman, great show today with Greg Adler. He shared some great insight into the four-wheel parts story. I've listened to the entire episode list, minus two episodes, featuring a concept vehicle related to a weasel. <laughs> Um, See what he did there? There were plenty of mentions in the surrounding episodes that were cringeworthy, but hindsight's 2020. Nothing against y'all. Plenty of billion-dollar CEOs got suckered as well. I did listen to the episode with Diesel Dave, which was sad knowing what we know now. Currently, I'm listening to all of you on C10 Talk with Ronnie, and I love the -the behind-the-scenes talk with him. I think C10 Talk will be my next podcast binge while I work in my office. Normally, we have 50 people in the office, but currently it's only me and one other due to the virus. Too much silence, so thanks for keeping me sane since August. I look forward to every Monday for the new episodes. Keep up the good work. We really appreciate it. And I have a fascination with C10s, thanks to y'all. And I hope that can be my next project. I can't decide whether or not to sell the LJ or just keep trying to sell the wife on We Need a Fifth Vehicle. (coughs) You need a 
fifth vehicle, kind of like uh, we talked earlier in the beginning of the show. And Lightning, I love Lockjaw building concept. My plans are similar, except I plan to use an LS3 and a manual. The Roadster Shop chassis are fantastic but pricey. Do you have alternative suggestions, or should I keep doing my research through the C10 podcast? I want to ride on bags and keep the body and whatever patina I get. Sorry for the long email. Take care, guys. And that's Jason Gaynor. And Jason, dude, thanks for uh, making it all the way to the end. Well, at least the current end. Yeah, listen, uh, C10 talk uh, with our man Ronnie, way knowledgeable. I would just keep listening. You're going to get more stuff. than I mean, we're kind of just finding uh, our feet with this project, uh, the Banksville project, and so, we uh, speak for yourself. Uh, no, I mean you know a fair amount about uh, C10s, even though you but don't I'm not, one. Sh- not sharing any of it. Okay, well I appreciate that. You're welcome. I want you to learn. Hey, can we end the show now? You feel like this is a good spot to end, just right here. I just yeah, it was, it was kind of like on a weird sour note. Yeah, you had like, a bad like, attitude, like a beer sour. <laughs> See what you did there? The truck show, the truck show, the truck show. Oh, oh. I'm Lightning. That guy over there is Holman, as if you could see him. You can. Why are you pointing at me? Well, That's weird. I don't know. I'm, I'm pointing, and I figure, like, they look through my eyes. Uh, nope. My bloodshot eyes. In their ear holes. Oh, I see. That's weird. Do I live in their ear holes? You do right now. Am I curled up like a ball? No. Nope. When, when Remember when you're asking about that 15 second skip ahead? It's right now. <laughs> Literally <laughs> happening right that's now. That's happening right now? Yes. Oh, that's. Okay, well, then you talk. All right, uh, I am at Sean P. Holman. He's at LBC Lighting, and we are at Truck Show Podcast. So follow us on the uh, social platforms, especially the old Insta. If you want to uh, leave us a message, give us a uh, call on the uh, Five Star Hotline, 657-205-6105. Now, what did you start calling it the Insta? Because it's uh, usually it's the Gram or IG. Uh, I just, you know, go oh, my own way. You're switching it up? Go my own way. And, of you, course, you don't follow the normal uh, the road, the path that everyone else follows? Uh, never. You hoe your own road. I hoe my own road. <laughs> I go on the road that uh, is, is less traveled. I see. Tall grass for me. You know what I mean? Tall grass. Hey, uh, if you want to give us a uh, an email to be read <laughs> on the Truck oh, Show Podcast. People, we're falling apart. Truckshowpodcast.gmail.com. Uh, hey, did you hear that? I got through all of our show reads mm-hmm. without your help because you were falling I apart just, so I'm bad. falling apart. I, it, man, we hit like, this weird bewitching hour. Yeah. And I just. Usually happens about 11.32. I'm just decimated. And fails for the next hour uh, while we try dude, to. Dude, that was painful. I know. I can only I equate it to uh, a plane going straight down. Mm-hmm. And as we pull up. The flaps and wings and ailerons all rip off the plane, so it's, <laughs> it's that ugly? just a lawn dart. I think it's ugly sometimes. Oh, my God. Lightning. Shut the F up. Oh, really? Shut up, Lightning. Oh. Shut up. So funny. Lightning, shut up. <sighs> you know what's awesome? I'm sorry. You know, check this out. I was telling you about the 15-second skip ahead. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is where they go to the 15-second skip back right there. <laughs> Do they really? Yeah, absolutely. That's funny. I don't recall asking for a really, 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 really boring story. My God. Don't understand. No one cares. Okay. In that case, let's keep this short. If you're looking for a new pickup truck or van, head on over to NissanUSA.com. You can't gong Nissan. No, that's a good gong. There's no That's such like, thing as a good gun. Yeah, no, it's like, welcome in the soldiers. The, the, the sumos are coming into the ring. You're losing it. <laughs> oh, boy. Light, lightning's getting punchy, and he has the sound effects machine uh-huh. over there. Yeah. All right, NissanUSA.com or your local dealer where you can check out the Nissan Titan, the Nissan Titan XD with the right. industry's longest five-year, 100,000-mile warranty. Mm-hmm. And, of course, the Nissan Frontier, most horsepower 
in the midsize class or the Nissan NV line of commercial vans. Thanks for watching, and remember, everything matters. They're not watching anything. They're listening to us oh, fail <laughs> through our sponsorings. <laughs> All right. Well, Lightning is over there pushing buttons. I'm going to continue with our friends over at Deck. If you're looking Try for the <laughs> ultimate storage solution for your truck or van, you want to check out the Deck drawers with a really awesome ball bearing action and uh, 2,000 pounds of payload. It's an indestructible recycled polymer from uh, the year 2050. It's from the future, really? clearly. I think so. They reached into the, the future, future for and, they, and they brought it back. Okay, yeah, it's right. just like the Ginsu 2000 when we were kids, or space aged polymer. Mm-hmm. What's beyond space aged? It's not space aged. It's space aged. No, it's like meat. It's aged. <laughs> oh, really? It's like side of beef, <laughs> but it's polymer. Okay, so go over to deck.com uh-huh. or check out at Deck USA where you can find a whole line of organizational products from the drawer system to the crossover toolbox to cross boxes and D bags and D boxes and all sorts of great stuff. Let them know the Truck Show Podcast sent you. And finally, our friends over at DuralastParts.com. DuralastParts.com. They have high standards for OE or better fit, form, and function, and the parts are engineered by the same OE or Tier 1 suppliers as the parts from your local dealership. Duralast covers over 20-plus part categories and has an average of 98% of coverage for vehicles on the road today. If you're looking for new shocks, check out their twin tube direct replacement or upgrade to the monotubes, DuralastParts.com, or head on down to your local AutoZone. Good read, Holman. Well, thank you. I'm just going to take that part of the show for uh, for now on. We can get ourselves in and out of this bad boy sweet and smooth. I would like to take this opportunity to apologize for Lightning and Holman. The quality of this episode was lower than usual. In fact, it was embarrassing. They should write each and every one of you a letter of apology. The Truck Show Podcast is a production of Motor Trend Group. This podcast was created and produced by Sean Holman and Jay Tillis with production elements by DJ Omar Khan. If you like what you've heard, please head over to Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star rating. And if you're a fan of the Truck Show Podcast, we encourage you to visit and patronize our sponsors. 